everyone. Hello and welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I am Aruka Rose. And we are a true crime plus astrology podcast. And we are so happy that you guys are here, whether you're new, welcome, or returning listener. Hell yes, we love you. Um, so a few things. This is our finale of the season, which is crazy. We'll be moving on to season three after this. We have 12 episodes in every season for each sign, pretty yep. much. So this is really um, a cool thing. So please make sure you stay connected with us so you always know when we've got new episodes coming out. We actually have big things coming out for season three. We do. We're launching a lot of new stuff. So you definitely want to be a part of that. Follow us on all the platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, on all the social media. And then I am at Britt underscore Oakley. Mm-hmm. And you are at Erica Rose. Yes, I am. And we both are offering readings. We got we got always be plugging. Yeah. Uh, so I do um, astrology and tarot and like uh, card readings and rune readings. Yep. And then I do a dream analysis reading, so it's like a dream interpretation, but a little bit more in depth. Um, and then I also they're do, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I also do energy readings, uh, mainly through tarot and oracle cards. So uh, let us know if you or you can book us if you want a reading. Um, we also do other cool shit. Like earlier, we did a live reading. Or you did a live reading mm-hmm. for one of our listeners and one of our followers. So if you're connecting with us online on social media, we do have a lot of really fun giveaways, a lot of interactive stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. You can possibly win a live reading, which is a lot of fun. So go check that out. Um, make sure that you are doing the free things to support this podcast. We put this content out at zero charge to you. So you can help us out by following us, by liking, subscribing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us. And for the review, you don't even have to, like, say much. You can just (laughs) tell us your Venus placement. Like, you don't have to. Yeah, everyone tell us your Venus placement. Comment on the YouTube. Comment everywhere. These things really help. your Venus. It helps boost us up the algorithm. It really, really helps out the show. Mm -hmm. So that is, like, at no cost to you, just really small. It takes you five seconds to help us. It helps us a lot. Thank you. Um, helps people find the show. Um, and then if you're a super fan and want to be part of our Patreon community, we would love to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, get in now because we do not have a, a minimum at the moment. Mm-hmm. That is going to change. So if you want to be grandfathered in, now is the time. We've got a lot of great content that's already up there. Uh, so And we're about to add a lot more content. We're going to be adding all of the charts and all of our notes from every episode. Yes. So, um, get in on that, and without further ado, we are going to be covering this week for our finale, Season 2, Episode 12, The Tragic Murder of Selena Quintanilla. Um, just really, really a sad story, um, a story that I've known for a very long time, but it is very, let's see, how old are you? It's extremely new to me. I just learned yes. about it like last month. Right, because you were familiar with who Selena Gomez was. Uh-huh. Uh, I was I was talking to, it was already on our list, but I don't really look at the list. Yeah, um, we have a list. We have a red list. If I, like, really want to cover someone on the podcast, I'll just tell her, text her, and then if she likes it, she'll add it to the list. Um, but usually she's already put the person on the list. Like, I was talking to a coworker, uh, shout out Michelle, and Thanks, I said, like, oh, who would be cool to, like, cover... Uh, I, I really liked doing the mu- musicians when mm-hmm. we did like Biggie and Tupac and we did Winehouse. Uh, mm-hmm. And she goes, "Well, Selena." And I was like, 
Gomez? Like, she's not dead. <laughs> That's amazing. Selena Gomez has not died. Like, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought it, and then I Googled it. I don't remember what I said, actually. That's really funny but when you told me that. I definitely um, thought Gomez at first. But a really cool thing that you've already done, it's on our Patreon right now, is because you're so unfamiliar with this, we did a really fun segment that we like to call it's the predictions. So mm -hmm. she looks at only the shark, doesn't know anything else, and mm -hmm. did a reading. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's already done a fully blind reading for this episode, so check that out. It's fantastic. Like Up she doesn't. What's What's crazy is like she doesn't know that she's nailing it so hard, and I'm like losing my shit. Like you're it's doing probably so good. better than when I've heard the story. Maybe. It, it's really fun. It like makes me laugh mm -hmm. a lot. It, just to be like, oh my god, like you're so good. Like you're so on track, and you don't even know it. Like. Um, but then when you get the other information, I see, like, you can go a lot deeper, yeah. and you'll probably notice that. And that's that. way more interesting, I think, to listen to, because we've had people ask, like, oh, why don't you just flip it? And yes, like, we have had Me people. just spit, like, guessing is not as fun to listen to, I think, is, like, actually knowing what I'm talking about. I think right. it's, like, a, more of an analysis. More yeah, it makes it a lot more uh, mm -hmm. fun, but, like, I th I can't wait to hear, like, the things that you already were drawn to mm -hmm. in the chart and, like, how you feel after for, you the story. For a small, so. for a shorter, at, like, length thing, I think it's really fun. Yes. Definitely, definitely go on there and check it out. Please it was cool do. to do. And also, um, trigger warning, there is murder ahead. So, um, we are going to be talking about that if that upsets you in Keep any way. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle. Yes. <laughs> Hard <laughs> disclaimer. Um, we don't want people getting upset later that we talked about murder. We're telling you now that that's going to happen. Um, sources for this story, uh, Wikipedia always. Please donate if you use Wikipedia at all. It's fantastic. I donated for the first time. Did you really? I did. No, I did like last week or one week before. And I'm I was so, like, Wait, I have to tell her on the next podcast. I'm so proud and happy. Yay, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, that's what keeps the page going. That's what keeps it alive. So My first Wikipedia donation. That makes me really happy. You put it in the scrapbook. Uh, yes, <laughs> of my heart. That's where it's going. <sighs> Thank you. God, I'm going to regather myself because I'm really excited. Okay. okay. All right. Um, other sources, Selena, the series on Netflix, which is interesting. Um, and then, of course, the huge movie starring Jennifer Lopez. But the, the series on Netflix, I've made it through nine episodes now. Um, I didn't finish the whole thing. That's a lot of, a yeah. lot of, a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, it's basically like an extended version of the movie, but check it out. It's pretty good. I mean, it feels like I'm watching the movie, but it's like they included all the mm -hmm. cutout scenes or something. I don't know. It feels just like the movie, but wow. much longer. Um, mentalfloss.com is another source and then selenaforever.com. So, if Several. anyone wants to watch all of these things with me, like do a watch party, because I, I just, she mentions like things to watch in every episode. I do and mention I watch, like, so none of them. Yeah. I always want to, but I, then when it comes to down to it, I haven't. Okay, two things you have to watch immediately. Party Monster. So season one, yes. episode seven, I have it on okay, DVD, because okay, okay. it is my favorite movie of all time. So the story of Michael Allen, and he passed away actually. Since we recorded, so it's is live tweeting still a thing? I could live tweet watching it. I don't know. Is it not really live tell tweeting? Tell us in the comments. Rewatch. Anyways, doesn't matter. Let's get on with the story. I the other one you need to watch is Selena, starring Jennifer Lopez, and she was like a no-name young person. She was just like a fly girl at the time. This was her okay. first like breakout role. She did amazing. Like she. She really, really, I think, embodied Selena. Um, it's exciting. Wonderful. So, going to talk about, officially, Selena now. So, Selena Quintanilla Perez was a lot of things to a lot of people. 
Um, but most people know her as a singer, songwriter, actress, spokeswoman, fashion designer, activist, and entrepreneur. So she was not only a triple threat, she was like a fucking octuple threat. Like she was Whoa. so talented in so many different ways um, and so creative, just amazing. She was also a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a friend to a lot of people. So, like, it's it, her death was really tragic. It affected an entire community. Um, it's, it's like her contribution to music and fashion made her one of the most celebrated Mexican-American entertainers of the late 20th century. She was referred to as the Queen of Tejano and the Tejano Madonna by the media and her fans. She's also been called the queen of cumbia for her style of music. And then one thing that people always um, remember about her, and you see it like in any picture of her, is she had these bold, sexy fashion choices and nobody was doing that. Like, first of all, there were hard, there were no female singers in the Tejano um, style of music. Like she was a, really well there was there were a few but like she but not was many. one of she was one of very very few it was a man's kind of genre and uh she really was like a trailblazer in that aspect but she like the way she styled herself and she made her own clothes which oh, was really fucking cool um so she was born like a stylist yes oh you'll hear all about this and you you actually hit on some of this when you did her like yeah that you're a displacement and libra yep yeah all right, all right. yes you're gonna you're gonna really it's gonna all kind of click like the things you've already seen in the chart i love seeing this like come together for you so she was born on april 16th 1971 in lake jackson texas so we know right off the bat she's an aries and um, she dies on March 31st, 1995, in Corpus Christi, Texas. Mm. So when she was only 23 years old. And so she, it's interesting that she died in Aries season, too. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. We'll it, see how it winds up. Yeah, that's that stands out immediately um, from just simple dates and nothing else. So Selena's childhood absolutely shaped the woman that she became. She was the youngest. She was the baby of her two parents, Marcella and Abraham Quintanilla. Her name in Greek means goddess of the moon. So that's like wow. super cool. She had an older brother and an older sister. And the whole family, they were all Jehovah's Witnesses. And I did not know that until I started doing this research. I think I've mentioned it before, but I had a stepdad at one point. Um, that was a Jehovah's Witness, and I had three Jehovah's Witness stepsisters, and I learned a whole lot about how things function in family dynamics. So it's very, very interesting, and it, it plays a huge role in all aspects of life, for those of you who don't know much about um, about those beliefs. So it's 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 very, I would say, culty, not to offend mm -hmm. anyone out there, but I, I witnessed it firsthand as, as an outsider looking very, in. Um, very, it's very strict. strict manipulative-ish. Manipulative. Correct. Like, the, the way that you get Approaches. people to um, basically do what you want them to do is, like, there's the threat of excommunication. Yeah. And I witnessed this because my former stepdad was excommunicated, and when we wow. went out to dinner with his daughters, with my stepsisters, they could sit with myself and my mother, but they could not sit at the same table as my stepdad. He had to sit by himself. That's intense. Like, they aren't allowed to associate with a family member in public. Um, he wasn't allowed to walk his daughter down the aisle when she got married. 
But my mother and I were welcomed at this wedding like <laughs> the, everyone was so they, wonderful. They could convert you. you exactly. Know? Yeah. Which they, they did try to convert my mother. She actually went to a Jehovah's Witness convention. And she just like, my mother, she was just having a good old time. Like, she was like, thought it was like, she, uh, I can't. I love my mom so much. She's we could so go funny. on a whole Patreon thing about her mom. We really could. She's so cute. Um, I'd love to do her chart. <laughs> She's great. You've done it before. Um, but anyway, so that's just a little background on kind of Jehovah's Witness and the family dynamic being like central and super, super important. It's very patriarchal. Um, like all the elders, like you don't report things to the police mm -hmm. or to like outside, you don't go to counseling, you report anything that goes on to the elders Okay. and they're male. So it's like, it's very, very patriarchal type of Love system. It. And Love you see it. that here, um, with, with the way her father kind of parents and, and runs the household, not in like a negative way, but just in a, it's authoritative type way. Um, so by the time Selena was six, her parents realized that she had a real gift for music. She had this great voice and she would sing and, and around the house and her dad was like really excited about this because he was a former musician. Mm. So the first time he sees that like his baby, the youngest oh child, Go for it. has this talent, he is all about it um, and he decides to start a family band and Selena's Whoa. siblings are in it. So they're pretty young too. Um, he also managed the group, and he called the band, um, he named them, Selena y Los Dinos. And the Los Dinos part, that's actually the name of Daddy's former band. So he's ah, very much it. like 100% so the band name? Yes. Selena y Los Dinos. Okay. Selena and his band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Selena plus Los Dinos, which is like his former band. Cute. So he's very much like living through his kids. He's like kind of reliving that mm -hmm. whole experience. A lot of parents do this. It's not uncommon at all. Yeah, I'm putting my kid in soccer because I didn't get to do it. And a lot but of he parents, wants to go and not forcing him. That's why a lot of parents like have their kids in pageants or have their mm -hmm. kids like you push them into like cheerleading or other sports like Either they were really into it, yeah, or they didn't get to do it. It can be, you know, just wanting mm -hmm. wanting to see those things happen. Yeah, like if one of my kids gets into like crystals and astrology, like yeah, yeah, oh, hey. But he's also like nurturing Selena's talent. Mm -hmm. So Selena's the female lead vocalist, of course. Her brother played the bass guitar, and her sister was the drummer. So I, I've like not a super feminine instrument, which they they highlight that in the movie that she was like, ah, like. Mm -hmm. I play the drums, like, uh, but it's actually pretty fucking cool to be a female drummer. Like, it is. I wanted to be a drummer. It's like she like set the trend, like this is possible, and like females can be drummers. Oh, okay. so it's kind of badass. Um, but I can imagine in childhood being like, ah, uh, yeah. But their dad actually, he was so hardcore about the band. He opened a Tex-Mex restaurant just so they would have a place to entertain. Um, cool. and perform on a regular basis, but unfortunately there was a big recession and the restaurant closed, so it wasn't doing well. Uh, but the band kept going. The okay. band was the thing that he cared the most about. Like, they struggled in a lot of financial ways, but the band was always the priority. Like, he knew. Mm -hmm. Whatever inside of him, like, he knew that there was something there. He knew that they were going to be something, and mm -hmm. he was really passionate about it. Um, so they were doing, like, local fairs and weddings and street concerts and quinceañeras and other events. So he was like taking it pretty seriously and he promoted them like crazy. These kids were working and traveling so much that Selena was taken out of school in the eighth grade. 
And that was because she was missing so much school that teachers were having a problem with it. Uh, and like, you know, back then they didn't have this flexible online learning plan. Like it wasn't, you know, I know people here locally who have kids that are elite gymnasts and elite dancers mm-hmm. and they do 100% online do, school. Yeah, or they have like special tutors. Or right, like, yeah. because they are in the gym, you know, six hours a day. Yeah. So it's. You don't have that flexibility all the time. And well, they certainly didn't have this flexibility in the 80s. Yeah. This is. You would have to homeschool. Right, um, and, uh, but she did earn her GED. She got her GED at 17. She ended up going to college, nice. too. Um, she was continuing her education. She was doing homeschool. Mm-hmm. Like, so she was really bright. She was very smart and still had good grades, even though she was missing school. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that the grades weren't the issue. The attendance was the issue, and they were just touring all the time. So um, her teen years, Selena went to college, actually, I mentioned, to study business administration, which is a very standard valid degree just you know i just want to get a degree like that's a really smart one to go with because you can do pretty much anything with that Mm -hmm. but as far as her career was concerned she always wanted to perform music in english Mm -hmm. she didn't um want to perform in spanish she actually didn't even speak much spanish at all Mm -hmm. um but her dad really wanted her to stay on the tejana music scene and it just wasn't you know she, she felt like her hands were kind of tied there. Uh, her dad felt strongly about her exclusively performing music that was true to her heritage. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's common a lot with uh, Mexican families, too. It's, like, very, very rooted in tradition and heritage and, like, um, caring about it and mm-hmm. being really important. So that's, like, a strong value just culturally in general. So that's not surprising. Uh, but it was hard, like... For Selena to be a young Latina on this type of music scene, right. when you are looking at most older males, it is. You know. It's hard to blaze a trail like that. It yep. it. And promoters often told her father that she would never be successful because she's a woman in a male-dominated genre. Like they, they pretty much were like, "Give it up! Like mm-hmm. she's never going to make it." Um. So it is. Uh, it's a Spanish language genre. For those of you who don't know what Tejano music is or what I'm talking about. It has German influences of polka. It has like jazz influence and country music influence. It was popular popularized, goodness, can't talk, by Mexicans living in the United States. So it's a very specific sound. And like when you listen to Selena's music, you can hear it. It's got that, which is like, it's cumbia. It's very much a certain um, Latin dance like, style, yeah, like sound. Uh, it's got, it, it's very specific. Um, and the critics were obviously extremely wrong about Selena. She had something special. It was like they didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. They had no idea what they were that how much people were going to love it Mm because she was different and she was special and her voice and her look and her amazing clothes that she designed herself like so made her stand out in the coolest way. She was signed a record deal and producers thought she was going to be like the next Gloria Estefan, which Mm. I fucking loved Gloria Estefan as a kid. I had all her tapes. I jammed the fuck out in my grandmother's basement. I remember just like having the best time to some glorious So now we're going to talk about her career a little bit more, her stardom, like when it really started to take off. So um, again, Abraham, their father, always wanted the kids to be musicians above everything else. Like that is what is important. He valued it over everything in the industry. So he wasn't 
he wasn't really like caring about what was popular, what was trending, or what was like going to be cool. Uh, he cared about the new musicians. So he was, you know, a little conservative about mm-hmm. the way Selena dressed and her outfits and like her dancing and movement and just, you know. It's a lot. Yeah, especially for Jehovah's Witness yeah. families, which this is actually very liberal for uh-huh. her. Um, yeah, for her to be able to do this. Right. So it's just, you know, she still wanted to always do that crossover album. She wanted to sing in English still. Um, and then they kind of like the label that signed her sold them on the idea that the crossover album could happen. So that like served everybody's interest. That was, it seemed like a good move. And she was eventually able to do this, which is nice. Um, she released her first self-titled debut album when she was 18. She wrote several of the songs on the album, too, which is pretty cool. Um, so she's, again, super fucking talented, like in all the ways. Um, the record hit number seven on the Billboard music charts for Mexican albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was becoming famous on a national scale. She was ranking higher than any other female Tejano singer. So it was a big deal. Her huge break was when uh, she made a deal with Coca-Cola. And they hired her as their spokesperson for the state of Texas, which is just wow. fucking huge. Like, mm-hmm. the type of publicity. Like, big celebrities don't get Coke sponsorships. You know, like, yeah. I remember when Britney Spears huge. did Pepsi. Like, that was so fucking huge. Yeah. And she's Britney Spears. So it's right. like, you know... This she is, was that level. Right. Yeah. This is really cool. And she's young and fresh, 18. Like, mm-hmm. this is so huge. Um, and the jingle for the campaign was composed by Selena's older brother. Mm-hmm. And he composed it along with her future husband, Chris Perez. So we're going to talk more about him now. Just this is a good Switch segue. Switch over to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So she's getting very famous. Uh, he joined the band, Selena y Los Dinos, in case you forgot. Several okay. months earlier, he was their new guitarist. He started to have romantic feelings for Selena pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he had a girlfriend back in San Antonio at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like off limits. It wasn't, he wasn't pursuing it, but like obviously they were connecting and he mm-hmm. was developing like a crush, really. So he tried to resist Selena. He tried to keep as much distance between them as he possibly could. And, you know, and you're touring with somebody, you're spending a lot of time together. So it's, you can't really avoid somebody on a tour bus. Like, they're only so big. Right. You know? uh, but he found it pretty much impossible to, like, pull back. <laughs> and he started to really try mm-hmm. to pursue a relationship with her eventually. And uh, they openly expressed their feelings for each other one day and at, at a very prominent restaurant. Can you guess where? Wendy's. You're close. It's really? It's Pizza Hut. Oh. <laughs> that was the first one that came to mind. Uh, it's one of her favorite restaurants, actually. Um, cool. But they became an official couple at Pizza Hut, which is, like, really cute. It's very, it feels so innocent and, like, sweet um, kind of relationship. And I feel like that is where all the best connections are made at Pizza This is Hut. Chris, right? Chris. Chris okay. Perez. Yes. Um, so this is all going well. Uh, Selena loved pizza and junk food, which is really fun facts uh she also had like a rocking body and just kind of ate whatever she wanted which is awesome good for her um but bad news is they had to hide their relationship from her dad oh because he would inevitably lose his fucking shit because it's gonna come between the band like you know Mm -hmm. the band is so important he can't have that um it's it's really yeah that's a that's a disruption that could be yeah that could be like a threat to the thing that he's working so hard to build. So, mm-hmm. 
Eventually, though, they uh, slipped up and people started to notice that things were going on. Her sister, Suzette, actually was the first one to catch on. She saw them being like really flirty together. It's like, how could you hide this? You know, like even looking at each other or being in the same room, people who pick up on you. You notice that, how you look at each other. Yeah. Or you can like feel the intensity between two people, like especially working together and creating together. Like you feel energies, like. You know, depending on how sensitive uh, everyone around them was. But Suzette was the first one. Um, shit hits the fan uh, because eventually, like, of course, their dad finds out. And mm-hmm. he tells them the relationship is over. Like, he's like, no, this isn't allowed in this right fucking town. This is not happening. This is not happening. Like, he, like, lays down the law. And Selena's like, nope, go fuck yourself. She totally did whatever she wanted and continued to see him. I love that. Um, and But it turns out, like, Marcella, the mom, she has major peacekeeper vibes because she approved of the relationship. Like, she kind of always, like, stuck up for Selena, like, helped her sew her outfits and was, like, always empowering, it seems like. But, but kind of behind the scenes, kind of in this demure way of, like, being, a, like, a quiet cheerleader that's like, no, nah, I'll help you. We just want like, she seems like that kind of mom is like, we just won't tell dad. It's fine. Like, um, it'll be okay. But, no, like, Abraham obviously lost his mind over it. <laughs> he ends up firing Chris from the band mm. to, like, really, really make a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Selena wanted to leave with him. Like, she wanted to go and be like, no, I'm leaving. Um, her dad, of course, wouldn't let that happen. He wouldn't yeah. let her go. You know, it's a whole thing that still didn't stop them from seeing each other, though. It never does. Note to the dads out there. It never works. You actually make her want the guy even more. Um, Express what upsets you about the relationship, but help. don't forbid it. Healthy with, communication. Without, yeah, talk about it like you were talking to your friend and that you, you know, that you actually wanted to talk to about it. Yes, don't outlaw it. Try to understand, help them understand your mm-hmm. concerns. Come at it from a different angle. The forbidden love thing is a tale as old as time, and it never um, seems to or be right. Dad, you just be like, hey, I don't like that he forgot your birthday and, like, uh, calls you a POF every day. And then it could be like, oh, that's a good thought to take into consideration, Dad. Thanks, Or if you just like, hey, uh, don't uh, see him anymore. Hey, he, um, we're gonna like, see him again. He's like, he's <laughs> not, not saying, he's not saying, please don't see him anymore. He's saying, I'm not fucking <laughs> seeing him, firing him from the band, I'm keeping him away from you, I'm getting a restraining order. Like he's going hard, and that's Oof. not no, gonna no. work. So guess what, Selena does? <laughs> Hilarious. They run off and get married. It's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, they they decided they had to elope. Mm-hmm. Um, and their reasoning behind it is because like he would have no choice but to accept it if they were married. Like he couldn't. Okay. Right. Was he going to say, like, oh, you can't be around your husband? No. Mm-hmm. That's not. You can see that on her chart. Yeah, the logic. The logic is very, like, mm, well, I guess you got to deal with it now. I love it. I love this Aries energy going on. It feels very Aries to me. But I'm not sure which area of the chart you're seeing specifically. Um, I actually have another one pulled up right now. Let me check again. Okay. I love it. Um. So, yeah, they were done with the sneaking around. They were done with the disapproval. Um, and who would it be? Like, if you love somebody, you don't want to have to deal with, like, being sneaky and, like, feeling like you're hiding something. When it's like, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to hide this. Like, this feels really good. This feels positive. Like, 
Why are we hiding this? Um, and then within a few hours, everybody knew Selena had gotten married because she's like a star now. So this yeah. was big news that she married her guitarist. Um, and Abraham was not shy about publicly expressing how pissed off he was, which is so hilarious. Um, he told reporters that he felt Chris was chauvinistic and would force Selena to end her career in musicals. Um, but he had finally, like, had to face reality. He had to accept it. He had to understand Selena was in love. Mm -hmm. He welcomes Chris back into the band. Mm. But so much fucking drama. Like, he's a drama queen. He is, like, extremely drama queen. I'd love to see his chart. I don't know if you're, you pulled it Chris's? Um, Abraham's. Abraham. Her dad. I'll look for it. I'll look. Dad's chart would just, even just knowing, like, his big three would be fun to know. Just, like... Yeah, I'll dad. see if I can find it. I got Chris's plugged in. Okay. I feel like dad is always, like, the most significant factor. Well, was, was she closer with dad? She was, I mean, he ruled everything. Like, he just, he's, he is the orchestrator of this entire thing. Okay. Um, and he, he continues. So, we're going to move into kind of the more darker half of Selena's life now. All right. We've talked about some high highs. We've had some fun. We've talked about some great things. Um, so now, um, this next section, I've just called it Unusual Suspects. I didn't know how else to kind of describe this energy. But the band was crushing it. They recorded another album. It went platinum, which is amazing and incredible for any artist to do. Uh, things are going great for Selena. So, of course, horrible things are coming up. Because mm -hmm. that's how we do on this podcast. Um, so, enter Supercut, Yolanda Salvador. <laughs> Spoiler alert. This woman fucks everything up for everyone, and she's terrible, and we hate her. So, she's a Selena super fan. She was uh, employed as a registered nurse, so she has this, like, caregiver okay. uh, job where she's, you know, tough. Anyway, I'm <laughs> so I have a lot of disdain for this bitch. I can hear it. Uh, I, I hate talking about her. Okay. okay. So, she was kind of obsessed with Selena after going to one of her concerts. Like, one concert, okay. she's, like, fucking there. Like, she's right. in it. So, she reaches out to Selena's dad, Abraham, over and over and over, like, harasses mm. him until he agrees to this. Mm -hmm. She's a coercive kind of person to me. Like, okay. she comes off forceful, coercive, like, bold in a way that's not positive. Bold in a way that's, like, smashing bulldozing your boundaries sort of a person mm -hmm. um but she begs to start a selena fan club that's all she wants to do like i want to start a fan club let me start a fan club i want to start a Just fan club obsessed obsessed and like what's her name yolanda okay Salvador. this is the other the person you put on my note okay oh my I did, okay i couldn't remember all right her. go ahead yeah she is uh the murderer spoiler okay. alert um so she like basically coerces him into saying yes. He finally is like, all right, this is probably like, you know, maybe really good for a career. But this is the first sign that she is a total fucking psycho. Is mm -hmm. like, her being so gung-ho about Like, persistent and like, fucking, I'm not going to follow up with you once. I'm going to follow up with you ten times until you say yes. Like, I'm going to push you until uh -huh. you say yes. And he's a businessman, so Abraham's like, all right, I mean, what could... What could go sure. wrong? It's a band club, you know? Mm -hmm. So if she wanted to do it so badly, surely she's got good intentions and is coming, you know, you don't uh -huh. assume the worst out of people naturally mm -hmm. until they give you a reason to, and you see that here. It's also, like, more publicity. It makes fans feel closer to Selena. It's a place for them to, like, 
you know, sit there at like mail and love. Right. And it's it's you know. Like, what sure. Most fans club. Most fan clubs are positive. I was in several fan clubs as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you wrote in and did Good. stuff. Um, I uh, yeah, several several different ones. Like I was I was into fan clubs. Like I was totally one of those people. I didn't know how you did them. So you um, actually have to mail something in. I would like write a letter initially asking to join the fan club and like you send a whole thing and then they mail me back a thing that was like a package like you're an official member of the fan club like I was at the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen fan club and they would send you like regular stuff in the mail and fun content and you like oh you're like a fan and I wrote fan letters to um figure skaters and gymnasts like I was into fan clubs Wow, yes. okay. Tara Lipinski, <laughs> Dominique Bucciano. I was, oh, into them. This, these are some major 90s uh, references, you guys. I'm showing my age hardcore right now. With those, if you get those references, like, you're my people. Um, it's really, really funny. But, so, yeah, it's not uncommon for celebrities and musicians to have fan clubs, especially during the 90s, around this time when she was, like, really becoming famous. And everything seems, like, normal and on the surface. But Yolanda immerses herself deeper and deeper into Selena's world. So she starts with, she's the president of the fan club in 1991. Uh-huh. Like she's, um, starts to get close to the family. And eventually Selena considers her a close friend. So no one's feeling bad vibes from her. Um, nobody thought anything of it, you know? They're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, she just really loves Selena. Yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So height of fame. Things are going so well for Selena. She's married now. She's got her own fan club. She releases a third album. And this one was considered her breakthrough record. It peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Regional Mexican album chart for eight consecutive months. So um, hitting number one on any type of chart is amazing. And to hold it there for eight months is huge. It's like record breaking. That's, That's really huge. Yes. This album went platinum 10 times, which means it sold over 600,000 copies. Uh, And that was record-breaking for a female Tejano artist. Nobody had ever done that before. So she was the first one to accomplish this. It's huge. It's amazing. Um, It's a really big deal to everyone in that community. Like, it is... They see her as like our hometown girl. Like, it's... People felt so attached to her and had so much love for her. Um, and as I mentioned before, she sang in Spanish, but she barely spoke the language. Um, she did her best to learn it, though. Her dad and label thought it would be a huge conflict of interest for interviews and press conferences. And fans mm-hmm. in Mexico realized that she was, like, English-speaking. So she worked really hard um, to learn language. Really, really uh, cool thing. Like, the evolving over time and, like, really committing and yeah. uh, connecting your heritage like that is, is pretty awesome. So... Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Actually, that ended up... I lost my place for a second. That actually ended up working in her favor, though, when when people saw that she, like, spoke both languages and, like, right. spoke English mainly. Um, they saw her as, like, a, an artist of the people. Like, she represents all of us. Like, she's so... She's so like us, you know? It made yeah. her seem very down-to-earth and very, like, fun and cool. She played it up, and she got a word wrong in an interview. She, like, made a joke about it and would say it in English and then, like, laugh if she couldn't think of the Spanish word. Um, so awesome. she was really candid, and she was really cute and, like... Yeah, people could relate. Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, like, it came off as endearing. It didn't come off as offensive. Or, like, oh, how dare she not know the language? It was more of, like, oh, like, she's so... 
she's so normal like us, you know, it just helped people relate to her, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, she was also getting into acting. I mentioned okay. this a little bit. So she was in a telenovela. Ooh. And that's pretty cool. And she also looked different than most telenovela actors that were like blonde and had green hair and fair skin. That was kind of like popular at the time. So people liked that she was different. People yeah. really, really enjoyed that about her. And her single, Como La Flor, helped her dominate the Latin music charts. The song is fucking amazing. I love it so, so much. I actually danced to it recently. I posted a poll video recently where I yeah. danced to that song. It's so good. Um, and it got a really nice response. People were like, oh, I love this song. Like, It's all in Spanish, like, but it's so good. Hey, you have to listen to it. I will, take after our, this. When we take our break, we'll put on some Selena so you can kind of get yes. the flavor going. Um, so yeah, her music was all well-received. Her new album was all well-received. Everyone loved her. The song was... It actually won an award at the Tejano Music Awards. It won Song of the Year. Peaked at number six on the U.S. Billboard Top Latin Songs charts. That's huge. Everything's really taking off. It opened the door for more acting gigs. Um, she was in, she acted alongside Eric Estrada, which um, he was in that cop show. I think it was Chip, maybe? It was like an 80s like, cop show. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. I may be wrong. I need to look that up. I didn't get it in my notes, but it was called Dos Mujeres Un Camino. So that means two women, but I don't know what Un Camino means. It's a car. The car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, El Camino is a car, but it means something. It's not. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm being like, stupid. Uh, I'm, being, I'm being very silly right now. Anyway. Um, so in 1995, she entered negotiations to star in another telenovela. So she's like getting kind of on the acting scene. Um, and then every episode she appears in has record ratings. So people are invested in her. She's a star. Anyway, going into her fashionista life, mm -hmm. this is a big thing that you noticed on her chart. And it was a huge part of who she was as a performer and as a person. Um, again, talented, so creative, had so much vision. So in 1994, I think it's two people went past. You what? I think it's two people one path. My brain couldn't let it go. What is two people one path? <laughs> what are uh, you? The song that you're talking about. Or the album name, whatever song. Oh, it was the title. Two Women, One Path. It was the name of a telenovela she was Oh, it means two women. <laughs> I, I, I was like, whatever you were talking about. Um, uh, my brain wanted to, wanted to translate it. It yeah. was a telenovela. Okay, okay. That she was in. Gotcha. All right, moving on. Uh, I looked it two up. Two women, one path. That sounds very like. I was like, Tommy Norris to walk. So it's something with like. Okay. That's got, really, it. got it. That is fun. Thank got you. Got it. Thank you for doing live searches. I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> so she is starting to explore other interests outside of performing. And she had a passion for fashion and she turned it into a side business. She started her own clothing line. This is really common nowadays. This was not common in 1994. She was such an innovator when it came to like starting a fashion line. And she opened two boutiques called Selena ETC. So I didn't know if they called it Selena Etc. or Selena ETC. But anyway, it's abbreviated. Um, and they opened in Corpus Christi and another location in San Antonio. Cool. Seems to be like major places for her. Yes. 
but yeah. she's a Texas girl. So mm -hmm. um, she started combining her two worlds, so concerts with fashion shows, mm -hmm. which is really fun where people were wearing her designs. The band was wearing her designs. She was wearing her designs. Um, she started really showing off her diverse skill set and like her set of talents to the world. She was um, working to expand her stores in other areas. It's just super exciting. She loved what she did. She had so many gifts. But unfortunately, she hired her friend and fan club president, Yolanda Salvador, to manage the two stores. So, oh, okay. She promotes her fan club obsessed stalker friend. Uh-huh. Not only do you get to be in charge of the fan club, I'm going to make you in charge of my entire fashion empire and run my boutiques for me because you're such a trusted family friend. Like, who else would we choose? Uh -huh. um, the family was so impressed with the way she had managed the club. They were like, okay. She's got the skills. She's an excellent choice for this position, obviously. Uh -huh. um, so this bitch really worked her way to the inner circle. And she just demolished everything. So this is the beginning of the end. Trigger warning again. On the surface, things are looking so good for Selena. Hispanic Business Magazine reported that she earned over $5 million from the boutique, so they were really successful. She was ranked among wow. the 20th wealthiest Hispanic musicians. Mm. She grossed the highest income in 1993 and 1994, like where she's like getting all these like mm -hmm. who's who kind of lists. Like, you know, they have that like hot. 25 under 25 or whatever lists in uh -huh. magazines. So it's basically that. Um, her albums are crushing it. She debuted at number three on the U.S. Billboard charts. It's just She's just crushing it. She stayed there for the rest of the year into 1995. Super impressive once again. Um, the album went platinum over 36 times. Dang. Which is insane. So um, she had a younger audience than anyone in Tejano music history had ever had. She was appealing to a whole group of people that had never been into that type of music before. So wow. she was attracting a new fan base to a genre. Mm -hmm. Like, that is huge. The whole world was, like, watching her and celebrating her and, like, watching her succeed and rooting for her. Uh, she continued writing music. She had plans to release another album, mm -hmm. her fifth one, but uh, one dumb cunt ruined it for all of us. So now we're going to talk about Garbage Yolanda Sal Salvador. I, I want to call her the wrong name. Uh, okay. Mm. Here, here we go. Buckle up, everybody. So since she entered Selena's life, Yolanda did everything she could to get closer and closer to Selena and her family. They trusted her. She worked hard to earn their trust. Like, she, this was yes. not a slow go. This was like, I'm going to do all these things until you trust me, and then I'm going to fucking unleash. Mm -hmm. um, so she's running the boutiques. She's helping grow okay. the business. But in December of 1994, the boutiques started to suffer. The staff, like, started to quit. Mm -hmm. So when that significantly decreased, like, you know, they didn't have, it wasn't running as well. Nobody right. wanted to work there anymore. Former employees were saying that Yolanda would just fire them. Like, if she didn't like you, she'd just fire you. For no reason at all. Um, the employees also complained about Yolanda's behavior, like, to Selena. And she, of course, dismissed the claims. She um, really took Yolanda's side always. She believed she wasn't capable of doing any of those things. She's like, I know this person. Like, she's yeah. not this person you're describing. You guys are wrong. Like, no, I know no. Exactly. Like, I know her. 
Um, she would never, never do these things. Um, so the staff started telling Abraham what was going on because mm-hmm. Selena wasn't listening. So they were like, okay, who else can we tell? Somebody needs to know about this and know what's going on. Um, Abraham, of course, took the claims very seriously. This mm-hmm. is, again, the business is so important to him. Everything about this is so important to him. And Selena's success and the band's success is all he cares about, really, in this world. Like, that's his priority. So um, he tells Selena to be careful and that Yolanda might not be a good influence. So he's kind of careful with how he approaches it. But Selena brushes that off. Her dad um, has like distrusted a lot of great people like her husband, Mm -hmm. you know, like if she doesn't really trust his opinion anymore, he has lost credibility. So, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't listen to her dad. (laughs) It's unfortunate that he like freaked out so hard over Chris because Mm -hmm. it made it where she like truly didn't trust his choice, like his judge of character. She was like, you're not a good judge of character. Like my husband's amazing. So you think like, yeah, she's really not trusting his opinion at all about people anymore. So um, it really sucks because it gets worse, of course. Um, designers, other people in the fashion business started seeing red flags and reporting them. They thought Yolanda had an unhealthy obsession with Selena. Mm-hmm. They were right. So next, Abraham starts getting phone calls from members of the fan club saying that they didn't get any of the things they were promised. So they were doing a paid membership and you're supposed to get like a member packet, like mm-hmm. cool stuff, like signed shit by Selena or like exclusive merch. Yeah. Like you're supposed to get something. And that's because Yolanda was embezzling a shit ton of money. Uh, she had actually embezzled over 30 grand to be exact. And this is nineties money. This is a, you know, a lot more. I should have looked at what that was in today's money. I did not. What was it? How much? Uh, $30,000 in today's money is how much? Six. And from what year? 1994. All right. Where are we at? <laughs> 30,000. Um, it what is about 55,000. Ah, uh, I was going to guess 62,000. So wow, that's a good, pretty good inflation, you guys. So that's, that's a really, oh, that's crazy to think about during my lifetime. <laughs> wow. It's a really good chunk of money. So at this point, Abraham confronts Yolanda. He does this in a meeting with Selena there mm-hmm. and with Suzette there, her sister. So he's got like two witnesses. He's got Selena involved. They're going to confront her. He gives Yolanda a chance to explain herself. He's like, okay, tell us where, then where's the money? Mm-hmm. And then he threatened a reporter to authorities if she couldn't prove where the money went. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, if you're doing the right thing with this money, show me the paperwork, show me the numbers, let's see it. Mm-hmm. If you can't produce this, I'm calling the authorities, I'm reporting your ass, and you're in trouble. So, yeah, you've got a choice. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, repeating his usual pattern, he banned Yolanda from having any contact with his daughter, uh-huh. which Selena loves yeah. it when you tell her she can't hang out with people or talk to them. <laughs> it's going to go well. Uh-huh. Um, Selena ignores this entirely. Like, she completely ignores it. She didn't want to end the friendship with Yolanda. Mm-hmm. She truly believed that. Yolanda was a part of her success. She was like, no, this woman has been with me since day one. Mm -hmm. She's part of this. Like, she's part of this family. She wouldn't do this to me. You're wrong. She's got the paperwork. Like, Selena really, really believed. Yeah. Um, Like, no, she's going to have it. Okay. Here we go. Worst part of the story. So, we're going to talk about the actual murder of Selena Quintanilla Perez. 
Things are pretty heated between Yolanda and everybody around her because they're on to her shit. She has to come up with a plan. And she does, and it's a shitty plan. Um, in the days before Selena's death, Yolanda created a distraction from all the bank statements and the financial records by saying that she had been, this is so offensive, she had been physically and sexually assaulted in Mexico. This is her reason. This is her, okay, okay. fucking shitty ass distraction. Um, of course, Selena's right by her side at a medical clinic. Mm -hmm. um, on Mar March 31st, 1995, for the clinical examination. That's the day she died. And where is this? This is, um, I've got, I've got uh, Corpus Christi. Yeah. I'm guessing. So Selena's like rushes to the hospital to be by her friend's side. Like, I'm here for you. Like, oh no, I'm so sad this happened to you. Like, you're such a victim. Um, it's a total lie. It's offensive on so many fucking levels. Like, I hate this bitch. Um, she continues the manipulation because this is the day Selena dies too. This is March 31st. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, I hate it so much. Um, so she tries to get Selena alone to talk about this financial situation. That's her whole goal is to get Selena by herself, not yeah. with her dad around, not with her sister. Um, and Selena trusts this woman. So she agrees to meet Yolanda in her hotel room at a day's inn in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, it just sucks because she really plays on Selena's emotions. She's very much like, uses the friendship as a weapon and says like, I just want to talk like friend to friend. Like, let's yeah. just do it without everybody else. Everybody else is making this difficult. It really just needs to be between us. Yeah. We're sisters. We're friends. Like she uses that relationship to get oh. Selena alone at a hotel. So Selena says, where are where's the paperwork? Where are the papers? Mm -hmm. um, and at 11.48 a.m. Central Standard Time, Yolanda grabs a gun from her purse, and she points it at Selena. Selena attempts to run, and Yolanda shot her once on the lower right shoulder. Yeah. Severing the subclavian artery and causing severe loss of blood. So Selena's critically wounded at this point, and she's running. She runs towards the lobby. Um, and a lot of people say this is actually what killed her faster because mm -hmm. she was running, increasing her heart rate, and this blood loss. Like, she was losing blood so fast because she ran. Um, and then the blood trail she left was 392 feet long, which is 30 feet longer than a football field. Just for yeah. perspective here, she ran an entire football field and then some bleeding out trying to get away from this woman who she thought was her fucking friend who it's just shot her yeah she collapses on the floor of the hotel lobby um the clerk is calling 911 yolanda is still chasing after her and calling her a bitch which is makes me want to cry it just pisses me off so bad um but before she collapses selena makes sure to tell uh, everyone around her that Yolanda was responsible for shooting her. She gave the number of the room where it happened. Like, she's giving them evidence saying, like, don't let this bitch get away with it. Don't fucking let her get away with it. She did it. Um, so it's impossible to yeah. repeat that evidence. Um, so Yolanda attempts to leave in her pickup truck. She's like, oh, no, I better get the fuck out of here now. I didn't really have um, 
a dismount planned for this. I uh, just thought, I don't know what her end game fucking was here. Like, you know, this was just going to be fine and that nobody would, it's so ridiculous. Um, but she was spotted by police on the scene. So she did not leave the hotel parking lot. She surrendered. Finally, after a nine and a half hour standoff with police and the FBI where she held a gun to her head the whole time and threatened to kill herself. So she's making this huge fucking production. She'd already made a huge production at the hospital that day. Like, say, oh, she is so victim mindset. It's so obnoxious. Um, and by this time, hundreds of fans had gathered there. People were crying, you know, on the scene, like they're taking Yolanda away, like fans know what happened, like nine and a half hours, like this was all over the news. This is a huge wow. deal. People were like, I'm sure. It was a big fucking deal. Um, and Selena was dead on arrival at Corpus Christi Memorial Hospital. So they were able to revive her for a short period. So this is really significant. Um, and they immediately started emergency surgery on her. So, okay. Um, unfortunately, 50 minutes into the surgery, she was pronounced dead from blood loss and cardiac arrest. So her official time of death is 1.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we can back it up 50 minutes, or like an hour. Yeah, we can look at what was going when on. she was revived. Yeah, we can. Ooh. Yeah, we can see these exact times. So that's really, uh, I'll be interested to wow. see what was going on. So for her funeral, it's mm -hmm. so fucking sad. Oh, it, it feels so heavy because there's so much love. For her, mm -hmm. like a collective love, and this death was so impactful. It feels like, you know, the way it felt when Princess Diana died and how it was like a global impact. It was mm -hmm. not, it was just so big. And this was, this had the same effect on an entire population, entire culture. It was just so huge. Um, people were devastated. They were shocked. She was so young. Uh, and then on April 1st, at the Bayfront Plaza in Corpus Christi, they held a vigil for Selena that drew 3,000 fans. Mm -hmm. For her actual funeral, it was open casket for the public, which I think is like kind of special, actually. Yeah. Like, that's really huge. You don't really hear about that much. Um, the line for the viewing was more than a mile long. There were about 30,000 to 40,000 fans that passed by Selena's casket to say goodbye to her. Mm -hmm. Um, more than 78,000 people signed the guest book, which is just, that speaks volumes. Um, and at the request of the family, video and flash photography were banned. I was like, obviously, like, the, be respectful. Um, and people compared the public outcry of her death to Elvis Presley and John Lennon. Like, people were completely fucking devastated. She was such an icon, the world lost her way too soon. They released an issue of People Magazine several days after the murder. Uh, it was the first issue in history to completely sell out. That had wow. never happened before. They had to print and distribute another round. So that is how significant this step was. I remember it. I was a kid. I remember it. Yeah. I was in the fourth grade or the third grade. Third or fourth. I, oh my god. <laughs> But I like one of my one of my close friends and I growing up loved Selena. Like we would sing her songs and do Selena dance. Like we listened to Selena all the time. So I knew who she was. I knew her music. Like I was a fan. I was young, but I I knew. Actually, she was. I love it too. I was one in a third. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, you were a toddler. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, 
So now we're going to talk about the trial and sentencing uh, for Yolanda Salvador. Um, in October 1995, the jurors deliberated for less than three hours before convicting Yolanda of first-degree murder. Fuck yeah. She was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility for parole after 30 wow. years. So she'll be eligible for parole in 2025, which I fucking hate. Has she said anything since that she wouldn't have any um, or anything? So she's going to be 65 years old at her time. Okay. Being up for parole. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, when you go up for parole, a parole board reviews your case and votes. So mm-hmm. because of how huge this is, I don't think that she will be granted parole. I don't really know. I couldn't find much at all on Yolanda. I looked her up and tried to do some research, and there's just not a lot about her. There's nothing really about her childhood. I got as much info as I could, but... Yeah, I'm just um, curious if she's made any kind of, like, statement. I I don't believe she has said much. If if it if she did, I've got it in here somewhere. So we'll see. I don't. I really don't feel like she said much. I think like she says she loves Selena still, which is annoying. Um. So yeah, life with the possibility of parole was the maximum sentence allowed in Texas at the time. Um. Which now like it's totally different. They they will you will get the death penalty in Texas like hardcore now. Um. So in 2002, under a judge's order, the gun used to kill Selena was destroyed, and the pieces were thrown into the Corpus Christi Bay. So that's interesting. Um, But fans and historians disapproved of this, Mm -hmm. because they see it as like, this is a piece of history, this gun should be in a museum, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Also, this is weird, Yolanda didn't age well, because like, she was 35 at the time of the murder, but she seriously looks 50. Like, when you look at pictures of her, she's, she's my age. Wow. I'm 34. Wow. This bitch is 35. Like, I did I'm, find some statements, by the way. I okay, cool, cool, cool. Yay. Um, so I bet she looks like super shit now. In fact, I hope she does. Um, <laughs> so give me give me statements, because I have a fun fact so, section next. During the, let's see, trial, she said, she cried on tape saying, I did something very bad. I disgraced my family. Um, there was an interview back in 1998 where she says, they made me out to be a monster. I just want to say I did not kill Selena. It was my act. It was an accident and my conscience is clear. She keeps asserting that it was an accident. Oh, I hate her so much. I want to punch her in the face. Um, I'm going to make that a goal if she gets granted <laughs> No, that's rude. I can't say that. I can't commit assault and talk about it and do premeditated assault on this woman. She's not going to get parole, so it won't matter. Parole board, don't do it. Um, any other exciting statements before I go into Selena mm-hmm. fun facts? No, it was pretty much all just like, it was an accident. Ugh, bitch. Okay, so fun facts. These are kind of all over the place. Um, the first one is not a happy fact. Uh, Howard Stern is a dick. I don't know if you know who mm-hmm. he is. You don't know who Howard Stern is? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. he's like a shock jock. Um, and now those are really popular. He is just known for being kind of an asshole and having an asshole show. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Um, but he decided to be a super douche about Selena's death, saying that he hated her music and that Hispanic people had garbage taste. So oh, this doesn't wow. fucking go over well. What an asshole. He was super insensitive. He played her music on air with gunshots in the background on his wow. show, which, like, People fucking flipped out. 
he tried to backtrack after everybody like told him to eat dicks. It obviously didn't work. He lost a ton of huge sponsors, which makes me happy. Like, fuck you, Howard Stern. Um, and then another, like, this is a fun, happier fact, but at the time, George W. Bush declared her birthday, April 16th, to be Selena Day in the state mm -hmm. of Texas. So this is two weeks after her death. Mm -hmm. um, some people were upset about this because it would occasionally fall on Easter. Like, ooh, like, right. Christians are so mad. Um, so this is a, a more interesting thing when you consider the fact that Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate holidays or birthdays. So like, their birthday was meaningless to them and holidays were not important, but they made a big deal about this whole holiday thing. Um, so Selena was a sweetheart with a passion for giving back. She worked for organization or worked with organizations like Toys for Tots. She advocated for kids to stay in school. She performed benefit concerts to aid hurricane victims and other concerts to provide school supplies to kids in need. Mm -hmm. uh, she just had a huge heart. She did a lot of great things in her short time on earth. In 2011, the U.S. Postal Service paid um, tribute to her by issuing a memorial Latin legend postage stamp with her image on it. Mm. Her favorite colors were purple and black. Her favorite flower was a rose. Um, one of her dreams was to have her own farm, which was kind of cool. Wow. Uh, her favorite restaurants were Pizza Hut, of course, and Olive Garden. Pizza was her favorite food, like I said, but she also enjoyed tacos from Jack in the Box when they were on the road. And that, friends, is Selena. We will chart her, and we are also going to chart that bitch Yolanda. Ew. All right, let's chart this. Okay, so we're gonna say- Wonderful person? Our, <laughs> Selena's the wonderful person, and then we will be mm -hmm. charting our usual bitch, um, Yolanda, at some point. So, here we go. I'm ready. Go. I'm ready to hear you look at this again mm -hmm. now that you've heard the story. I will. Okay. So, I will in about. about. Ready right. to write? <laughs> now ish? <laughs> uh, uh, building tension. Now. Oh, now. there it is. <laughs> Feels good. Okay. Here we go. Uh huh. <laughs> you guys had to be patient for that whole like 15 seconds. Here we are. Selena Quintanilla. Quintanilla. Selena Quintanilla. My mom says quesadilla. She said quesadilla. I'm surprised she doesn't say quesadilla, to be totally honest. My dad had a joke when we were kids where, like, we were supposed to like car trips, you know? We spent a lot of time annoying people there. He would, I was really into, interested in learning Spanish, and so he uh, he would uh, try to act like he knew things. He's like, oh, oh, I know everything, you know. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, he'd say that if you add, like, L and, like, an O at the end of whatever mm -hmm. word, it makes it Spanish. And so I mean, and a lot, of, a lot say, of times it does. I'm, I'm O going O to the uh, L store O. Mm -hmm. uh, and he thought it, it was it was funny when I was a kid. He's like, just, like, obviously didn't know. He's like, um, I'm hilarious. Here's yeah. how you can. Actually, um, I did take five years of Spanish and was fluent at one point in my life. And I used to play jokes on my mom. She would ask me how to say something in Spanish. And you tell her And I would tell her incorrectly, especially mm -hmm. at restaurants and stuff. Like one time she uh, <laughs> wanted to tell them that she liked the food. And she, I told her to say, 
El gato es muy picante, which means the cat is very spicy. And it made me laugh forever because she said it in the way that only she very, could. Yeah. Um, very southern, very, it was amazing. That's one of my favorite. I was like in ninth grade, so I thought I was hilarious. Um, and my mom never knew that I, that that's what she said. And the, the server was Does just she like. No, now that you told her wrong? Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, anyways, she is a Aries son. 25 degrees Aries. She is a Sagittarius moon right on the cusp of Capricorn um, at 28 degrees Sagittarius. Uh, you might also say that her, her sun sign is cusping Taurus, but it's kind of a stretch. Um, I mean, it is at the. It's 25 end, degrees. You still got not... five degrees, four and a half, or yeah, like a little, a little bit more than four degrees to go. So it's kind of. Uh, some people might say, might not say. And then she is an Aquarius rising. Mm -hmm. I'm an Aquarius rising. Um, at 13 degrees Aquarius. And the first thing in her first house is the North Node. Um, so right away we see like this like strong destiny hitting her life. Uh, your first house is something that you're here to face in this life. It's something you can't turn away from. It's something that um, really shows through like that lens between you and the rest of the world. It has to do with her identity. It has to do with her persona. It has to do with, um, excuse me, Red Bull. Um, it has to do <laughs> with her uh, karmic lesson in this life, whatever she, she, it's like she was born and then immediately faced with like her destiny pretty much, especially like early in life um, was what she was going to be like. Mm -hmm. her path was really shown to her probably earlier in life and we see that with her dad being like you're six and you're a great singer we're starting a band you're the lead singer here we go like mm -hmm. that was so the year from the get-go and also being like a star like stardom mm -hmm. um being known amongst the masses being someone who is like catering and involved with the larger communities um is very aquarius mm -hmm. um being a unique kind of figure is aquarius being kind of like a standalone figure like you're kind of alienated from the rest of the people is very Aquarius. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she may have really felt like, you know, being and appearing uniquely, uh, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. with also having her Uranus in the eighth house in Libra, which is, um, Uranus is like how you are an individual and it's, it's part of, it's a generational planet. So it's part of your worldview. Hers is in retrograde. So it's a little bit more like, um, internalized and she has more time to really feel it out as she lives through her life um but having it in the eighth house brings in some like scorpionic things like mm -hmm. she's very it's like a, and then libra is like pleasant and then having uranus there it's where you're expressing individuality so uh it's like a unique sexy um that was appealing her style mm -hmm. especially uh, with her like clothing and everything they were like it was like big ruffles on the shoulders with like a bare midriff and these mm -hmm. pants that had like huge cuffs at the bottom and like very flamenco kind of look like it was and the colors she did bright colors and she did fun patterns and she That's just so cool. really was and i feel like a lot of aquarius energy in that too where mm -hmm. she did her own very unique style like with this aesthetic and with right. just how creative and clever and she just went all the way with it i love it i love her Oh, I, I have those kinds of pictures of her outfits I would see. Oh, it's fun. Um, but it's I could fun. also see them being really extra because mm -hmm. she also, her next thing on her, in her first house is Folis at 2 degrees, 19 mm -hmm. seconds, Pisces. Um, so 
So she's in classes system. Uh, so it has her first house moving into Pisces. Um, but cusp, her the cusp is in Aquarius. Uh, so yeah, having the extraness with her appearance and how she presents to the world is very, mm -hmm. um, very telling with that bolus placement. And then uh, next on her, in her first house is Venus at 21 degrees Pisces. Ooh. So having Venus in Pisces is already like very like love of the arts, very love of illusions, dream war, dreaminess, ethereal um, type heart space. This can show people really like uh, loving her for her art and what she creates and that like boundless emotional vibe that can come through with Pisces. Um, really being able to like delve into like uh, her uh, emotions but more like you know heart centered like love based emotions and and what her values were and her what, what she found to be worthy of uh, love in this life of hers is very like the arts and very like creativity and empathy and things like that. So. She had such a big heart and it just mm -hmm. like, yeah, she, I just love her so much. I let her energy so lovely. So we're going to get loving into unpleasant thing. energies later, but like her energy is so fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then having Venus in the first house also makes her come off really loving, like you said, and having a good lovey, lovey energy. And um, it can make it where she comes off like like people want to love her type mm -hmm. of thing. And think she's it's also having in the first house can be like a sign of people feeling like you're really beautiful, even if you're not stereotypically. Um, like you'll have that energy and it'll just yeah. exude from you. People will, will feel like, oh, she's so beautiful. She was very beautiful. I mean, like from <laughs> I haven't a seen traditional, standard, conventional aspects of beauty. I mean, she was stunning, but then it was her heart and her spirit mm -hmm. and her, like her soul that she just let you see. Like she was very much open about who she was and was very, it always felt like she wasn't hiding anything when you watched her. Like you felt like you really knew her. She felt like the girl next door. She felt like, you know, but yeah. she was also so cool and so unlike anything you'd ever seen and so relatable. Like she was very adored. Very yeah, adored, adored is a good word for Venus in the first house. Oh, I love. I just love her so much. It makes me love her more. Like hearing her, hearing her guitar. It's like understanding why we love her. Mm -hmm. You know, as a collective. Um, well, and then with that, like her second house then starts in Pisces as well. Um, so we could see a lot of her financial life is probably based in that Pisces creative energy. Um, mm -hmm. Also what she values and um, finds worthy. And it's really like conjunct that Venus. So it's going to be related energetically within her personality, within her mind and things like that. So um, a lot of it is based in that same area. Uh, but she does have Chiron here, conjunct palette, okay. um, but this is an Aries, so this is more to do with um, people being like aggressive with her, um, people being like, uh, she was going to feel like dismantled for her personal worthiness, like she probably had issues with like self-esteem or like um, with like people... Um, I see like manipulating kind of with this because like aggressive manipulating because the second house Chiron is like um, it, it has to do with like your sense of self-worth but also it can impact your finances and so like I could see like something with her being like manipulated and then um, 
it affecting her work life, like it affecting mm-hmm. how she was able to make decisions in her work because it's on her palace, which is like your decision making, your inner wisdom, and having that clouded with trauma is really challenging. Because yeah, you see it with Yolanda, especially where she like really wants to trust this person, mm-hmm. like no matter what, like she wants to trust and like, yeah. wants wants that, but like it ends up being. Like to a fault, like mm-hmm. trusting to a fault, because it is she is clouded by that pushiness and that aggressiveness, and like mm-hmm. this woman so aggressively pursued her in like a friend weird obsessed way, like. And she had such also. I was going to ask about her relationship with this because she had such a, a you know it's ruled by Mars like a passionate place. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there was any kind of like issues there because. Um, in her relationship with Chris, you yeah. Mean? So um, this is mainly like there's I couldn't find much written about it, but it's in the movie and in the series. Okay. Like you see, there's a lot of fiery passion. Yeah. It's not necessarily like tumultuous by any means, but it feels like young, you know, mm-hmm. like young love. How like before you've had a lot of relationships, like it, it's this tendency to maybe overreact to stuff or like get too blown up. Like I feel like it was a lot of two young people mm-hmm. that maybe like overreacted so it would be just fiery just like passionate like like hard fights and hard makeups is what it mm-hmm. feels like to me and that's completely off of just how it's been depicted um, also with with her growing up Jehovah's Witness and mm-hmm. with having a lot of like boundaries put on her and like yes. people probably um and that affecting her judgment um yes. with palace there. big time so that trauma affecting her judgment again there yeah and her ability to make decisions even if like um, it impacted it where it was, it was just, uh, it was going to be more confusing to make those difficult decisions later in life. And so I'm sure that was part of the pressure from getting married. Yeah. Uh, and we also quickly. see this strong energy from her dad through mm-hmm. her entire life that he is running every aspect of the family. Mm-hmm. Like there are points that they were like really bad off financially. And he was still like, I'm buying a tour bus. Like, we're going on tour. Like, we're doing this. Like, mm-hmm. I know we don't have a regular job and that we can't support our family. And the restaurant went under and it's a recession and we lost our house and we lost. So like, this is what we're doing. yeah, this is what we're doing. So, so he, she didn't really get to think on her own or like what she would have done if this wasn't, you know. Well, the next time I was going to bring up her dad next. So, yeah, he's always in her, her ear. Sun placement. The sun and Saturn are typically places that you look for um for father yeah but i did also pull his chart i don't hey, have a time hey. but i have a chart so we'll do that in just a second um because I, re- I pulled a bunch of charts for this so we're just gonna like go through I'm so interested. <laughs> there's a lot of interesting people that we like in her life that yeah. were so close to her so so her dad uh her son is at 25 degrees aries um and it is making a square up to um her 12th house Mars and Vesta in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So we do see some of that like work, um, work hard mentality to get what you want to get in life. And some of the, you know, that's kind of like dr- building this, uh, I don't want to say empire, but more Capricorn would be like this, this corporate, yeah. <laughs> um, corporate empire type of thing where she's like really building this whole huge platform. Um, but her, but the square, and, she, and she's really passionate to do this, and it, it is probably, I'm assuming some of her music is more uh, kind of like things that came up from her, from her subconscious, like, I mean, I'm not going to look at some more places before I really say that, but um, having invested there makes me think like, anyways, 
Uh, <laughs> um, also, like a hidden talent within this 12th house. It's something interesting. So she had so many talents. Like, it was ridiculous. Passion and like devotion coming from that 12th house, um, and to really build something and reach for goals. And but there is a square from um, the sun placement where uh, the father you could see making this stressful. Okay. And short short words, uh, but also so there's a trine over to Saturn, which is another father type placement. Either way, it's aspecting, right? Um, but the trine would show that it really propels her forward. So it's like both. yeah, <laughs> he's pushing, uh-huh. but it's like she's pushing her towards something that she wants to do mm-hmm. anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like a. It seems like she wants to do it. It's like positive reinforcement. It feels positive. Like, he never, even though he is, like, strict and kind of, he can be overbearing, I feel like they still had a really good relationship and that he was a loving father and, like, not want to say anything negative about him necessarily, but it just, like, it's a, it's an environment where that patriarchal type of family dynamic is already really reinforced and really celebrated. So it's, like, you know, it, again, they were pretty liberal for all the... For how he, like, yeah, he had his own things that he was more interested in. Yeah, I want to see his chart. Yeah, you, I'm you pulling do have it, it okay. now. His name was Abraham. Abraham! And we'll do Sinistry. Even like a religious name. It's like, <laughs> it was intense. Uh, I know one person named Abraham, and he's cool. <laughs> I don't know any Abrahams in real life. My first boyfriend's brother was named Okay. So. Okay. You're familiar with Abraham energy? <laughs> I don't know. That's stupid. All right. Um, let's see. We dated for a very short time, but he was like a neighbor, like a couple houses down. Oh. You anyway. were very close to this mm-hmm. Abraham energy. But after we broke up, we like never talked, so it was pretty. That's hilarious. <laughs> Young um, relationships be like that. It was, yeah. So, um, his, her dad, his son is in Pisces and his moon is in Pisces. Whoa. Um, conjunct his Mercury and Jupiter. Wow. And so... I love similar placements. <laughs> this is all taking place in Selena's first house. So, his, her dad has a stellium in her first house. Um, so this this brings a lot of big energy there. Oh, Vesta is also there, but it's um, at the end of Aquarius. Uh, so there's a lot of devotion for her, with her involved with her life path being uh, conjunct her North Node. A lot of um, a lot of planning and exuberance put towards her Folis, which I mentioned on her first house, and then him, his. Moon and Jupiter are closer to her Venus, where you see like growth and a lot of emotion put into like what all of that, what how her with her being adored and stuff like that. Okay. Um, let's see. Then his palace is also in Aries, um, barely conjunct her palace, um, and he also has Saturn there. Um, so there we see a lot more like discipline and uh, judgment and, and like decision making coming from him. He's definitely involved with her Chiron placement, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't seem to be like all the way entirely malicious or anything. It's just yeah. like, having a conjunction. It's definitely it's highly involved, but it's not necessarily like 
all challenging. It's like intense, but mm -hmm. not always bad. Sometimes that intensity it's, can be good. It's structuring. It's, it can be feel belittling at times. It's probably like um, really pushing her to do the best work she can, but at the same time, like that's stressful. So I think yeah. it feels Having like that. high standards is really stressful, mm -hmm. and I feel like she did have very high standards for herself, mm -hmm. and that people around her, you know, reinforced mm -hmm. like, oh, that's we value these standards, like especially her dad. Yeah. Big one. Mm -hmm. Um, the big one. <laughs> oh, we have Sarah's conjunct each other. That's sweet. Um, his Sarah is in Taurus, and so is hers. Uh, within Aww. five degrees of each other. Five degrees exactly. Ooh. Um, right where her Saturn is. So again, we see some more father caring dynamic there. They probably have a very similar foundation for love. Um, the same things are probably gonna make them feel comfortable. Like I imagine if they were like touring or going around, like they probably like agreed on kind of generally what they wanted to do after the show when they retired, you know, and they wanted to just be comfortable and chill and be like cozy, whatever. Um, he, let's see. That's funny. That's very Taurus. <laughs> very Taurus. Yeah. Eat snacks, chill out. <laughs> Let me see real quick if there's anything else interesting. Um, you know, I obviously don't have his birth time, so um, we don't have his houses, but let's see. We see how they overlap with hers. Um, he has Mars and Sagittarius, where she has Jupiter, Neptune, and her moon. So again, like, motivating uh, on her growth and, like, mm -hmm. dreams and uh, promoting her um, and how she's feeling on things. What um, did you say his Mars placement was? was in, in Sagittarius. Or Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. He just had a lot of Pisces. Oh, yeah, he did have a He has a Pisces uh, stellium. Um, he has uh, her Mars, his uh, Juno is there, and his Phobos and his Venus. So you've got, again, like more caring and adoring and um, extra and committed energy there based for her to be like motivated. Um, mm -hmm. And he has Lilith in her 12th house in Aquarius. Uh, it's pretty close to her ascendant, too. So you can see how for Aquarius, for him, he's got Vesta and Lilith there. Like, that's devoted, empowering energy. Um, so having that be where her ascendant is and her north node, um, this is really nice. Like, yeah, it feels like he really believes in her and wants to, like, yeah, make her... Like, he's Bigger. a very proud father. Like, as mm -hmm. soon as he sees her talent and, like, how amazing mm -hmm. she truly is and how gifted she is, he starts to nurture it right away. Mm -hmm. Like, he makes it the whole focus. Like, it's it's just so interesting if she hadn't been a singer. I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, how things would have mm -hmm. played out differently. Like, so let's say she was tone deaf. You know, like, would he have been this way with her other abilities and talents? But he right. just resonated with music so deeply. And that feels Pisces. Like, like, uh -huh. like creative. And Mercury and Pisces. And, mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's very cool. He, his North Node is in Scorpio, for anyone curious. Okay. Um, That's interesting. So, you know, as he went through life, he was going to be more and more, like, um, intense, scorpionic, sexual, uh, like, focused on... He's probably, like, very devoted type personality, like, you know, trust, being around the people he would trust and... Um, it also like water sign is kind of musical and um 
So this is pretty cool. It's also in her ninth house. So um, his north node being, the ninth house is like your journeys, right? And it's mm -hmm. kind of like where you further your education in life, where you like take things and expand things. Um, and it can also be the house of gurus, like ah. where you find like a teacher, someone to like look up to and like guide you into moving forward. So okay. um, on your path, helping you learn about your path. And so having this North Node there, um, it's, it's kind of indicative to me, in my opinion, of him becoming later in his life, like a, a teacher to her on yeah. where she was going to like Become really mentor. grow. Yeah, mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting. His chart's not at all what I expected. To be honest, like I really double I Pisces. He yeah. definitely got that. He, I got that wishy-washy vibe from him. Really? Yeah. I feel like he was just so rooted in his creative in like the way he felt about something. It made me feel like Earth energy because he was so like, no, this is how I feel about it. Saturn and Taurus. Or like, no. Unwavering kind of energy, so maybe uh -huh. he's an earth rising. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe he's a Virgo rising. Uh, he's got um, earth earth placements. He has Neptune retrograde in Virgo. He has um, Venus, Bolus, and Juno in Capricorn, and he has South Node Uranus and Ceres in Taurus. Okay. All right, that makes sense. He does feel like I don't know his. There's a stubbornness to him that made it feel not so watery. I don't know. Like, it felt like a lot of earth, but there is a lot of earth. So, Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Are you looking at pictures? Or yeah, like... I want to see a picture of him again. Now that I've seen that he's a mm -hmm. Pisces, a double Pisces, maybe where I can kind of suss out. He's got more of a, like a rectangular... Which, Faith. yeah, because I know the rising signs are usually like a... Mm -hmm. I want to see a picture of him younger. These pictures are very... There he is. That's a young picture because that's him with Selena. Look how cute she is in her Gosh, little outfit. Gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> I want to see Look younger. Look at her little tops and stuff. Like, she's adorable. Oh, let's see. Can't that's find a really picture young. I'm very young. I want to say, like, I'm kind of getting, like... Capricorn Taurus. -y. See, I was expecting a lot more Capricorn, but he does have a lot of Capricorn. Well, I can make like... you almost see Cancer, but it's opposing Cancer. But he doesn't have a super moon face. It's more rectangular. Uh, I almost want to say Capricorn. Capricorn is what I felt like hardcore cap energy. But then again, he does have a lot of Capricorn placements. So it's I like how stoic he looks in every picture. Mm -hmm. Very stern. much. He's got that yes. Saturn stern. He's very serious. Yeah. It's very, it's all business all the time. It feels Capricorn. <laughs> Even this picture of him. He's, he's like young. Every, every picture of him, he's got that same kind of like straight uh, expression. Like you or see Selena with these huge smiles and he's uh -huh. just like tight lipped. Like family portraits where everyone's like smiling and happy and he's just like. Stern, tight-lipped. He's like trying to smile, and the corners of his mouth are like slightly moved. Um, they're slightly elevated. It's, That's gonna be my guess. Anyway. I think it's a good guess. Also, that would maybe put his Venus also in his first house, which would be cute. I think we'll have that. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's go back to Selena's chart. Oh, it's been almost time to chart that bitch. Almost. 
Almost. I'm very curious about Yolanda's chart. There were a few things I put. I made just made little bullet points about on her Ooh, chart, and then we'll keep moving along, chugging okay. along here. Um, we let's see. First of all, I want to mention her midheaven. I didn't take note on this, but I, I got to talk about her midheaven. She was a famous, <laughs> a, a famous right. celeb. Um, so her midheaven was in Scorpio, and it's right at the end of Scorpio, cusping Sagittarius, which is where like my sun is and stuff. And so like maybe maybe uh, yeah, like that energy, like my energy a little bit. Um, and that she was known for uh, that like very like intense Scorpionic. Um, this also relates to death, obviously. So like her death was a famous death. That energy is is tied in with this. Um, and then, uh, like, all those intense feelings. Like, I'm really, really curious to hear her music after all this. Oh, you're um, gonna love it. And then she has Neptune retrograde and Jupiter retrograde right at the beginning of Sagittarius in her 10th house. So, again, we see, like, a big, um, she's known for this, her, like, what's the word? For, like, uh, the illusion of her, like, like this, this um, projection of her onto the rest of the world, and her being uh, so artsy and creative and all that, like Neptune, dreamy. She was dreamy. Like people were like mm -hmm. aspiring. They're looking up to her. Like they she was known for this fantasy of her. Um, and Jupiter there really expanding that um, and making it really. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Sagittarius is like so free spirity um, too. So she's known for like those energies. Seems really interesting. Um, then my notes we have her south node in Leo in the seventh house. Um, so mm -hmm. having that um, past of the family band. Uh, I thought it was really, really tied in well because it was even the band's name was sounded like a partnership, yeah. like seventh house, like you and your dad, or yeah, you and um, the rest, of them. Uh -huh. you, yeah, those mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so that's very seventh house, like partnerships, mm. um, and then Leo having it be expressive, performance, and this week on her path and her comfort zone and where she kind of like really grew into, um. So on that, just kind of mm -hmm. a question, do you feel like, because I know when we talk about South Node, mm -hmm. it's like something you're moving, you're moving away, away from, from? Generally, yeah. so I, I want to so this is, this is her moving away from the partnership of it, and then you see her North Node in Aquarius in the oh. first house, so she's moving away from like the expression of her in a partnership with her dad, like create, like making music and having fun, um, over to becoming an idol. Yeah, um, becoming her own name, becoming known she for being a self-titled self album. Uh -huh. So that feels very much. Yeah, right. and she okay. probably became more and more lonely mm -hmm. as she got older. I was gonna ask if you felt like she had a chance to move through that energy in her short life because mm -hmm. she was so young. Yeah, it seemed like she was like because it's yeah, yeah. So yes. Okay. Um. Thank and you. Then also <laughs> with the family band and oh no, and also with her with her past, I thought it was. Uh, interesting with the Jehovah's Witness stuff that, what did I write here? 
Yes. <laughs> Get my reading glasses on. I just, uh, I just went to my mom doing that in my head. Oh, that's um, hilarious. My readers. <laughs> and, then, and then she'd have like real reading glasses all over the house. Shout out to her. And her glasses. Your um, mom's cute. I like both of your parents a whole lot. It's, it's funny. Uh, one time I walked in, she had two on her head, and she's like, oh, where are they? <laughs> That's amazing. She's anyway, she exhausted, but it's funny. Um, I'll know if you listen to the podcast, Mom, after this. Uh-huh. We will know. bring it up. Um, so Saturn in the third house. Um, so this is like your close-knit communities, and this could be very, especially when you're in like such a tight-knit group, like it's like a religious group like that. Um, your little your little neighborhood, you're you're kind of like yeah. little little social units are likely uh, involved with them, um, and uh, having that be where she finds restriction in life, and having that be where she um, feels like she's kind of disciplined in some way, especially uh, with something with a lot of rules. You can see that probably coming through in that way in her life. It doesn't seem to be super disabling or anything, but um, she does have squares from this placement to her north and south nodes, so I'm assuming there was a challenge there in some way, because, um, or with and with discipline in general, um, and feeling restricted, and feeling uh, that kind of way about things, likely came up uh, throughout her life with like her friends and groups and. Um, kind of sibling type things. You can also see this with stress with her and Yolanda. Because it seemed like her and Yolanda were close um, mm-hmm. in the same little, little little group. So having that be a massive square on her life path was pretty intense as well. Um, and having Sarah too, where she felt like there was love coming, that's her foundation, uh, there's love coming from this, this same area in her life. So it, it was probably kind of like she would expect to have structure and restriction in um, in her in the way she loves and receives love and loves herself. Um, she's probably almost looking for someone with like some, well maybe not looking for, but she would feel more comfortable with someone with some like structure behind them. Yeah. Um, and like being comfortable and affluent would be like a plus for her. It would make her feel more stable. And in a relationship, and it makes her feel more stable with herself. Um, Makes sense. Let's see. And then I wrote something about the ninth house. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, the ninth house being at the end of Libra, uh, 29 degrees Libra. And. Oh, and, and with, I guess, you know, cupping Scorpio. I just wrote this little Scorpio symbol, very weird. Oh, I see. that <laughs> M7. What does it mean? Uh, I didn't take good notes this time, guys. Um, so, I was going to say that with her, where the ninth house it can often also show your spirituality in some way. Um, Jupiter, like godlike, like where are we finding our ascension? Um, and having it be Libra also with an energy of like a lot, like not having a strong ego within that 
type of religion. This seems like something where she would have been more on the shadow side of things, where uh, more of an on a dependent thing, like people pleasing type energy. But also Scorpio, where there's a little bit of like um, uh, like intensity there um, and harshness there, and like investigative energy. Um, but it's like cusping Libras. It's not. I mean, it's cusping Scorpio, not in Scorpio. Um, it's got more of that like we need to we need to do uh, what others think, especially like your partner. Um, for her being the woman in that kind of dynamic, where she would be looking to you know at the end stage church in the church. So I think that that's interesting. But she uh, seemed to like lean away from it as she got older. Yeah. Um, well, a big interesting thing about it is because they traveled so much they didn't really have time i don't think yeah. to go to you know to like attend everything they call them meetings uh, they actually do they don't call them like service yeah they call them meetings at the kingdom hall they don't call them churches okay. either and they don't have windows in the building um that's oh, a really yeah. interesting feature is you will never find windows uh wow. in a kingdom hall well, I was going to say it would make sense if she leaned away from it as she got older because there's a square, it would be a square from her ninth house cusp to her north node and her ascendant. So. Yeah, I just don't think they had that traditional life to foster those relationships yeah. super closely like like in a typical Jehovah's Witness community where it's like extremely involved with everybody. Like it's a, I, like I, the wedding I went to was the most interesting wedding I've ever witnessed. It'd be like, it'd be like, but anyway, it, it'd be, yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting vibe of just the whole room and everyone's relationship. Like her perspective on the spirituality was probably influenced that way. Yeah. With the Libra energy. Um, her being like pretty smart, you see she's got uh, uh, Mercury close to her sun placement. We've got it in the third house, which is the house that it would rule through Gemini. Um, or one of them. Uh, so having it there gives it a little bit more strength. And the third house can also show like primary school, like early learning, uh, learning the basics of life, uh, mm -hmm. um, common sense, checking out common sense. Uh, so having Mercury there shows that she's probably like pretty decent at school, but having it in retrograde does bring a different um, approach to learning. It brings like a more internalized, um, she's going to be like really thinking, mulling things over in her mind more, um, which, and she's already so like artsy, um, it also can bring in like more of a creative tone, more of a poetic nature to speech and language and thought, um, so having it be like, what am I trying, I'm trying to say like, uh, a lot of these people are smart, but they don't necessarily seem like it yeah uh, like it's not like how uh people typically now especially will be say oh you're smart like this may be someone who uh takes a little longer to pick up on something in school but when they learn it they kind of learn it their own way like the yeah. less lightly more reserved kind of like um they usually take a little bit of a different approach a lot of these people throughout their lives will hear will be told that they're not smart when they are smart just they just kind of think about it a little bit differently or they think about it a little bit um more it's really more effective when you think about it because like someone who really takes the time to think through something mm -hmm. and really um 
see all the little caveats of, and nuances in their mind before they really like harness it or yeah. take it on or speak on it. Like they uh, can really learn things more uh, effectively, in my opinion. It's a different learning style, mm-hmm. learning but it's style. like a more in-depth mm-hmm. type of versus like so with traditional, like what you were saying, traditional like smartness. Mm-hmm. It's really just like how well do you memorize and regurgitate information mm-hmm. and do well on a test. Yeah. It's not necessarily like committing it to mm-hmm. memory and really thinking about it yeah. and going through it. Like the synergy is really mm-hmm. um, lovely. Yeah, like having Mercury direct is kind of like, oh, witty banter, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I know the answers. Here we go. Um, where retrograde is like, oh, yes, I realize that this impacts this and this is how it is. So it's very like, um, and then in Taurus, it's. Um, She's got Mercury and Taurus at the beginning of Taurus. It's it's really uh, again ruled by Venus, and she's got a little bit more of that like um, internalized, really like uh, like she's gonna want to feel comfortable with what she thinks and like um, moves through it in her own time. Taurus is not like the fastest energy, <laughs> but she uh, is definitely like a smart. She's got the third house influence too, so it might speed it up a little bit. Um, that's interesting. I like I like looking at her Mercury placement. Um, also, Mercury retrograde, uh, having that poetic influence. If she was writing her own music, but she was. Uh, yeah. You see that? Um, very lyrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, like flavor of Mercury. Flavor of Mercury. That's like <laughs> a dating show, and I would watch it. Flavor, I would, flavors of Mercury. Flavor I would hundred percent watch that dating show. Can we make an ice cream? And like you know how like Jimmy has his own ice cream flavor with it. Yes. Make your own ice cream, and it could be flavors of mercury by Dark Alignment. Okay. Each Um, planet or each sign could have. I am absolutely obsessed with this idea, and yes, ice cream. Uh We we have a new side project. Can it be cashew ice cream? Because that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing. Okay. Cashew milk. Um, vegan ice cream. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not vegan planet. at all. I actually <laughs> thrive on dairy, but I'm all on board with cashew ice cream, like exclusive. That's our man. Okay. Right. A new side. If anybody knows how to help us create this ice cream, we are ready. <laughs> We're ready. Collaborate. We're ready to launch. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, we don't have flavors, just names. Uh. <laughs> I, I have an idea of what the energies of each of them are, so I, uh, you know what I mean. I feel like yeah. Okay. Like Juno, Juno's gonna be some kind of like cherry something, I feel like. Anyway, I'm really going sidetracked now. Um, this is a rose flavored ice cream. Ooh, um, and then Saturn being like a, like a, like a something sl- spicy. Really? No, 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 no. Saturn has got to be like a really clean, distinct, like mint. Maybe mint. That seems a little too fun loving. Really? Yeah. It's vanilla. It's vanilla. It's gotta feel discerning. It's gotta feel um hmm. We should do a Patreon episode about this exact topic. Like I almost want it to taste like metal. Like when you're sucking on like a taste like, like a it's like a, zip, has like a zipper foil inside of it and you chew. <laughs> The worst. Okay. I'm writing this down for a Patreon idea. <laughs> we'll go over this more thoroughly on Patreon. Subscribe to our Patreon to get this hot content. Okay. Maybe like a Red Bull flavor. I feel like Red Bull kind of tastes like metal. But that but Red Bull is like energy. Yeah, it's, it's, I gotta, yeah, think we'll, I, we gotta, gotta brainstorm. Brainstorm. <laughs> brainstorm. Brainstorm cheeks. <laughs> Ice cream flavors on Patreon. <laughs>
I'm gonna come back to this note and be like, what the fuck were you talking about? Okay. I've got I got big dreams for this. Okay. Um. All right, back to the podcast that we're actively doing. Lilith could be a lemony. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. okay. I'm really I'm really on it now. Okay. Uh back to this. Um <laughs> I'm very distracted by ice cream now. I hate it. Dang it. I'm really we gotta really move crazy. on to Yolanda's chart eventually. I don't know where we were in the Oh, this is birthday cake. It's like extra and stupid. Maybe. Vesta could also be lemony. We heard on ice cream hard right now it's completely fine this has encompassed my entire mind now all right so i think we can look at um did i have anything else um something with her mm-hmm. oh with her name her name being meaning like oh goddess of the moon yeah uh-huh. um so i wanted to mention that because um the let's see her having all these things in her first house the first house being like your your identity your persona it also can bring up your name i've noticed so having um the north node right there and venus and is very like goddessy you know and mm-hmm. uh, it's very and folis being like extra so like Really just having like a, her name mean something so divine really shows in her chart. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, also it being kind of a unique uh, name, it is a trine over to uh, Uranus uh, and then, let's see, yeah, it's, it's really interesting placement. Oh, she also has this major grand trine on her chart, which I'd have to mention real quick with uh, uh, Mars conjunct Vesta, trine Saturn, conjunct Ceres, trine Pluto, conjunct Lilith, um, and having all of these things with her, like, sense of discipline and structure in life, um, really uh, harmonizing and accelerating her uh, upward spiral type energy um, with her ability to be, like, intense and transformative and empowering, um, and you see that with like how she really accelerates through her career and being you know what she's known for um especially being like the first not the first but like one of the first few it's like groundbreaking, groundbreaking in her she was the first to do so many things for tahana mm-hmm. music like she broke so many records like it was just really phenomenal so that's a significant mm-hmm. and then with it also tying in with mars and vesta with, with what she's devoted to in life and built, being motivated to reach these goals it's, it's really yeah really cool um really cool grand trine she's got it's an earth trine grand trine okay um it's the time to chart that bitch oh no 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 we're oh i'm so anxious about no, her no 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 we're gonna do her relationship with okay we're gonna with chris. chrissy poo uh we've got chrissy poo i wonder um, if she ever called them that i don't know i wonder if they had pet names knows? for each other oh i need to make it well i'm gonna look at just his chart for a second um we've got his son in leo uh his oh. moon in Virgo, uh, let's see, and then I don't have time for him, um, 
so we don't have that. But his north node is in Pisces, south node in Virgo, uh, Saturn in Taurus. Oh, he's got um, an unfortunate <laughs> placement that I'm very familiar with. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, he's got Mars in Sagittarius. Okay. Um, and I'm going to overlay the charts now. Yay. I feel, hmm. I, and now I feel really bad for everybody who has the moon south node issue. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Samesies. It's terrible. Oh, something interesting because I still had her dad on the industry. Oh. And their moons are opposite. Wait, so her dad and Chris uh -huh. have opposite moons. And, oh, yeah, because I have, yeah. Not emotionally seeing eye to eye. I love their. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Pisces Virgo. Mm. Selena? I'm familiar with that opposition too. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with the emotional approach to life. Um, one thing on Selena's chart is, is Venus squared Juno. I really feel like she had challenges in her in her marriage. Um, especially with like her sense of worth and like um, like properly being adored and like respected for the goddess that she is like i kind of just feel like there was stress That's, um i love i love hearing that they were so young they weren't married for very long so i don't like, know how i don't know it's hard to know um so let's see her venus and pisces because venus is in cancer um so the, it is a water sign love language type setup like their heart spaces are definitely going to be like getting along very empathetic um similar ways that they're going to like uh, exist in loving energy together um he also has his conjunct vesta and lilith so when he cares about someone he really wants to nurture them and he's willing to devote to them and he wants to easily either finding empowerment through them or with them or for them um, also, a lot of sexual energy there. Um, also, could be like emotional manipulation. Uh, we have, um, well, I get Juno's. They're Juno's. His is in Capricorn and hers is in Gemini. Um, hmm. They're almost in opposition to each other the way that they are uh, cusping the, the signs next to them. Um, Almost, almost. Um, his is in retrograde, so uh, he is a little bit older, but not enough for it to be like, oh, he got married later in life. <laughs> but he might not have felt like he had, he was really committed to some sort of relationship until a little bit later on. I don't know if he, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't need to go on to a bunch of speculation, so. Uh, for him, a commitment was like uh, probably like a big um, institutionalized idea. Um, for her, it seemed a little bit more. It's more Gemini. It's more like um, uh, like hmm, a little more playful, a little bit more um, like I'm gonna be kind of smart about this, but like it's not the same thing as like super commitment Capricorn energy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, like it's a little bit more, um, it's like a socially lighter. it's lighter. It's, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to kind of show up how I, how I, how it's going to work out best for me right now. Type so of thing. question here. Mm -hmm. 
because they eloped, it feels more like it was Selena's like impulsive yeah. idea. Like she's like Sagittarius. But he would have been a little bit more. He would have been in his Virgo mood. I could feel that probably being like, nah, but I'm not she... so sure. It seemed like it it was probably more hers. Um, it does feel that way. I don't know, like. But they both probably got really emotionally wrapped up with their Venuses. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the eloping specifically, mm-hmm. like he maybe probably felt more traditional about how marriage and like how that commitment looked yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know who's And then she's like, no, let's fucking just do it. Like, no, because my dad's causing problems and we need to get around that. So let's just do this shit. Like, she, I feel like she was very much like, let's do it. Like, also, retrograde could be showing up through him being um, kind of rushed into something. Like, mm-hmm. it not being like, a commitment that he chose right away it's like oh he's kind of doing this to to get around a situation yeah um, um a direct energy yeah where hers is more direct yeah uh yeah um it's more about it's less about fuck you dad and more about like i'm crazy about you and i don't hide he it. does he does have like you know a fire fire sun sign his yeah. mars is in sagittarius his palace is in sagittarius okay uh, yeah. so I, I could see how like he might not have been the first one to bring it up, but he was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. This is a fantastic <laughs> idea. Let's do it, honey. <laughs> and he could, he could get fired up about it, I think, but it, it feels like it was from her, her idea to me. Yeah. Um, we have something that's really interesting with their charts uh, is his son in conjunct her south node. Um, so this shows him showing up for her, like, earlier in life. Um more like you know the younger days uh it can also show like him being energy she moves away from as she gets older mm-hmm. um that's what i was curious about mm-hmm. like if she had lived longer like if they would have grown apart later because mm-hmm. of kind of that whole i don't know yeah um there's no way to know but it's interesting to think about mm-hmm. and talk about and then having his north node in Pisces conjunct her Venus is also really telling how like a lot of his life path had to do with um, being involved with her heart space, being involved with her mm-hmm. uh, goddess energy with all of that, um, and adoring her was a big part of his life path. Um, I wish I could see his midheaven. Uh, let's see. Mm. Is there anything, anything you can think of that we might want to look at on this chart? I think we've looked at all kind of the the major stuff. Mm-hmm. We can move on. Yeah, because he was actually like a shorter part of her life mm-hmm. when you really look at it. Her life was so short anyway. He was kind of like a blip on the, <laughs> like it's in the grand scheme, like, mm-hmm. you know. And then Yolanda, of course, ugh, came in. You definitely see like a young love being mm-hmm. swept up in things and vibe from all of this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll go there. Um, also like, yeah, I like I like their Venus is both in water signs and their sun signs both fire. Um, I, I could see I can see a lot of things there. And obviously they're in the same band, so both musicians. They've got things in common. They've uh-huh. got similar passions. They're creating together. Mm-hmm. And that can really strengthen Being in her not. past. It's, it's a comfort zone type relationship. Yeah. So. Okay, Yolanda. Like that bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about her chart at all, so <laughs> I'm interested to hear 
everything about this. Like, all right, yeah. so no birth time for her either. Yeah, I really want to know more about her. Like, I'm um, she let's write her a letter in prison. <laughs> I didn't look very hard for birth time, so it may be out there. Um, and I didn't come across it anywhere, and I yeah. did try to find sure. as much information. I wanted to know about her childhood and like how she mm-hmm. became such a shit face. On one of my Google searches, it said that it said something about a nurse. Yeah, she. I, well, I mentioned that in the story. Oh, yeah, That's what she did before she ended up being Selena's fan mm-hmm. uh, club manager and stuff. Is that she had been a CNA? Okay. So, so nurturing stuff, but like mm-hmm. she used it to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Well, guess where her Lilith is? Oh, God. In Cancer. Ah. Nurturing energy that you just mentioned. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Virgo, which is a lot of kind of like nurse energy to mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's good nurse energy. I, that, I feel that. Guess where her sun and moon are. <laughs> and North Node. Okay. Sun. And, and Pluto. Sun, I don't know. I feel like it's an air sign for some reason. No, her son and moon are in Virgo. Oh, they're both in Virgo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she's double Virgo. Interesting. Um, at least. And then her north node and Pluto are also there. So that's a very Whoa. telling as well. Okay. Um, and something super fascinating is her sun sign is conjunct Selena's Lilith and Pluto. So they both have Pluto in. Um, uh, Virgo, but they were born, you know, well, they were, yeah, they were born within the same window of Pluto uh, ingress there, but uh, the sun sign being conjunct Lilith and Pluto for Selena is really extreme because that being the person who existed, your sun sign is like your existence, uh, your being in this life. Um, it can show a lot more than that, but it's part of it. And having it be like involved with Selena's um, empowerment and like transitions and death, uh, you know, very. <laughs> it's also in Selena's eighth house. Oh, all of this is right under her eighth house, death. like right away in her eighth house. Um, so you can see with her death right away, like her um, empowerment being taken away, it being like uh, like harsh. Pluto can be really harsh, like quick, fast. Um, type thing. Um, also manipulation being involved, like we said. Mm-hmm. There is a quintile from from her Lilith over to uh, Selena's Lilith and all of this little conjunction going on in her eighth house. Um, so again, we see like a lot of manipulation involved with this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely being easy for, because when, when you die, the death chart has to kind of allow you to die. Like, the way that uh, mm-hmm. certain things line up on your chart during during different parts of your life, where you, it allows for you to find oh like a new job or opportunity, or allows for you to explore a relationship in a deeper way, or it allows for this or that. Like it's kind of what you see when you look at transit charts against someone's chart. So having a death chart is really the same thing. It's like you have to it has to allow for their spirit to pass. It has to be like everything has to line up. For you to die. Dark alignment. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, things there that lighting for darkness. Uh, so, as you can see, it really lined up here. Um, and then her 
Mars, for some reason her Mars may not be right now, uh, is conjunct Selena's Juno. So she's very motivated uh, and committed to Selena. Um, we also see her Juno and uh, Jupiter in Sagittarius, where Selena's Jupiter and Neptune and Moon are. It's really conjunct her Moon, it's more on that side of Sagittarius. So you see again more commitment and um, growth and expansion involved with uh, really loving Selena, um, really being committed. You see, uh, um, Uranus trying Selena's sun sign, uh, Jupiter also trying Selena's sun sign. So again, having this like unique energy and growth and expansion, so you can really see like, oh, I'm going to be the one to start the parent club. I'm going to be the one, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be the one to make this into a whole bigger thing. It's very like that. Um, uh, and then you've got, uh, that also makes Uranus conjunct her Selena's staff nib. Um, so being, she found Selena kind of earlier on, didn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah, and having it be like more from the pet person from the past because it's someone they kind of like grew with together. Yep, that's why she trusted um, her so much. She's like, you've been with me this whole time yeah. and supporting me. And, uh -huh. and this like, is where like Yolanda finds her individuality. Like it's uh, her individuality to be so involved with Selena and her past. Her specialness. Uh -huh. makes her and so her special. And Selena's existence. And makes her oh, I hate the fish so much. Uh, yeah. Um, and then her north, let's see. Um, oh, and Selena's north node. This is, okay, here we go. All right. So Selena's first house with her north node in it um, shows Yolanda, Saris, and Chiron, and South Node. So we see when, um, you know, they're not they're not exactly opposite each other. Um, they're almost a whole sign away. They're more uh, when it comes to sitting each other, uh, the North and South Nodes. Um, but when you see them like cross like that, it's like they're kind of bound together. Like their life paths are bound together, but they're not going the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, so you see them kind of like being bound and then holding each other back. So it's like you can really see how that okay. lined out. Um, like it is. It's also a little bit of like an opposing energy. It literally being in the like houses. Um, with the house, it's an opposing houses for Selena. So you see, like, yeah, kind of resistance band. My, my brain um, was seeing it when you, like, wrap it around something and pull. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was, like, just pulled. Kind of like that, but if they were pulled, like. In opposite directions. Yeah. 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 Um, so then uh, having it be, like, opposing houses, uh, where, like, my mom and I have opposing north and south nodes almost exactly. Really? Yeah. So it's, like, uh, we can see each other's, but, uh, like, objectives in life but it's like we're going different totally different directions it's like yeah um, that is so, so like I, and having like her past is probably more like where i'm headed in my future and like mm -hmm. vice versa um i had that with my ex mm -hmm. we had that we had that placement where yeah. there was a moment in time where we were like really really aligned mm -hmm. and then we were going in such opposite you, directions yeah. that you know we mm -hmm. it, it had this it had to end yeah so like i I'm familiar with that energy too. Yeah, definitely. When, if you're looking at like longevity and relationships and stuff, look at North and South notes for mm -hmm. sure. A lot of people don't mention that when they look at like chemistry readings and couples readings. Um, I do those. So book a chemistry reading with me on my website. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, back to Selena. So having 
um, those in opposite houses, it kind of really brings that to like her, um, her stardom and her individuality and her shadow and bad partnerships, um, and partnerships with it being bad because of like the opposing directions. Um, but you see it like flipped in there. So where Selena's wanting to continue with her life and that, but the further she goes, the more, um, it's opposing, uh, the area of like, from like you, Wanda's perspective. Um, so like you could see the further Selena getting, um, the more and more likely it would be that like Yolanda would want to be the one to put an end to it or, you know? Yeah. And then with Kyron being there, having to be involved with trauma, um, where like, it's almost like Yolanda or Selena's success is like traumatizing for Yolanda. Yeah. Like she might also feel like it's healing and very like, it's very weird dynamic. It's a weird dynamic, um, but she's love jealous. There's love there. It feels like um, jealousy, but also obsession is like this fine line between like love and hate and like this very passionate energy, like wanting to be like her, but being like, I'm uh, not like it, It's a weird... And Folis in the 12th house, um, really getting caught up in like fantasies of things and like kind of imprisoning yourself in that um, at the same time. Um, it also feels like she sees Selena slipping away from her grasp. Like, the more famous Selena gets, the less time she has to, like, spin and around. And like, control her life. Yes. Like, like, it feels like... I'm so involved. I'm very involved now. It makes her feel less special, yeah. too. Like, I feel like that... Like, the the more successful Selena got, the more triggered Yolanda was getting. God, this is a crazy dynamic. <laughs> it is a crazy dynamic. It's really wild. Um, so, with her getting, like, obsessive, mm-hmm. uh, she has Neptune and Scorpio. Um, and this is in Selena's ninth house. So, um, having it be involved with, like, Selena's journey, um, and, uh, it's, Scorpio is such an intense place, and having your, like, illusions and your fantasies there is very intense. I'm wondering if she had, like, a sexual attraction to Selena as well. Absolutely. Um, That's interesting to think about. No, I don't know that anybody's ever really explored that, but she... I mean, mm-hmm. seems very likely. Because with her having, like, getting obsessive and with it being, I, it's just the way it lines up, I'm kind of curious. And her still being in denial about what she actually did and, like, yeah. publicly being like, oh, also, yeah, having the, the fantasy like, of it in denial. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a um, bitch. Yolanda's <laughs> mm. uh, the worst. With um, her, let's see. With her Mars being in um, Gemini, I'm thinking about the actions she takes as well. And then there's a lot of emotional manipulation from other parts of the chart already. Uh, but like having Mars in Gemini can kind of show like you taking actions from different uh, personalities, like different, you kind of put on different sides of yourself for different people. And like Gemini is the master of that. Um, and you know, you could say in like bad situations that it's like being two-faced, um, and you see like her taking action in that realm of energy there for sure. Uh, anything else on this chart? I want to see her death chart. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do next. So will you overlay the death chart with their two charts, or how do you normally? My do programs that? won't do that, but okay. I can. I, after I've looked at this for a bit, I can usually remember yeah. to be like, oh, this. I I was just curious. I, 
feel like I usually ask you how you do these things, but like the more I get used to seeing charts and understanding mm -hmm. them and like know where you're talking about and I can look at the chart, it's helping me to hear it visually and like go through it. So, so it makes me more curious to see it visually. For sure. But I'm getting better at just. So first, let's do Selena against her death chart. Okay. Um, Selena's death chart. We do have a time, so it's really cool. I we like two times. she died twice. Yeah. Which is crazy. So like, I have. I'm gonna toggle between an, the actual time and an hour before. Okay. Um. So when we have. I don't know if we've ever had two death times. Before. No, I don't think so. That's really interesting. Maybe they use that in marketing this episode. Yeah, she had uh, died twice. Did she you know? did. It's crazy. Um, so something fascinating with her death is that uh, it was um, it was right after an Aries new moon. Um, we have, and also with Yolanda's chart, uh, we would see that she was born around a new moon, new moon okay. Virgo, uh, sun and moon in the same sign, new moon. Um, <laughs> Opposite sign, soul. Um, so she died right after a new moon, right during new moon, um, in her sun sign. Uh, very, so it was really like intensified energy of her and her being. Um, her life was like a theme. Also, the sun was right conjunct her at the same degree of her Chiron and Pallas, which is also really intense energy, um, really traumatic type. It, it allows for more traumatic energies to come through. Um, there is a lunar trine to her south node. There's the Chiron sun trine so to um, Mars, all this like Leo stuff going on. Uh, because Mars is in Leo. I'm getting like frazzled trying to explain. Let's see. I want to say. Um, the ascendant of her death. The ascendant was at the end of Cancer. Isn't that where? No, I'm gonna wait. Before I pull up the Atlantis. Um, it is where her son. So her final death. Uh, the what was on the horizon was a conflict to her being her physical self, her mm -hmm. existence. Um, an hour prior, this transit, uh, this aspect was not happening. Um, so she wasn't really able to die until uh, the horizon shifted a little bit more. Wow. And whatever house system you use, that will still be in Cancer. Um, so it'll, it'll still be at that degree that this that was on the horizon. Um, That's interesting. I mean, some people would back it up to the beginning of Cancer, I guess, but you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I guess equal houses would also have it. Um, and then there's also squares from there to Neptune and Uranus. Um, more emphasis on like deception. It's all your twelfth house, fantasies, illusions. Um, Saturn was. Saturn was on her Venus, um, restricting the adoration. I'm pretty sure this stuff is going to line up with some of the things on Yolanda's chart really well. Um, Venus, she was having a 
Venus return. Venus was also in Pisces where her Venus is in her first house. Um, it was conjunct her Pholus, so though. It was, it was a little earlier on. Um, so having like that extra energy coming through uh, related to how her being adored. Um, also a massive square over to Jupiter and Neptune and transit uh, or death chart Pluto, which would be very death, um, where Pluto had just entered her 10th house of what she became known for. Um, and Pluto being related to death again and transitions mm -hmm. and intensity, um, darkness, uh, things unseen, mysteries, um, having this be in her midheaven makes a lot of sense. Jupiter was also in her midheaven. Um, she was having a Jupiter return. We see a lot of returns with Death yeah, yeah. lately. We do. Um, we got Jupiter return where um, makes it more expanded. Again, we have Chiron coming over to her Lilith placement uh, and Pholus also coming there in Virgo, which is where we know Yolanda has a lot of stuff. Um, stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there we see um, trauma impacted by again disempowering her with Bill being involved and Pluto her Pluto um, this is also right around her eighth house cusp um, the eighth house of the of the death chart is in her ascendant, which is also pretty telling. Eighth house is involved with death and transitions and things like that. Uh, if we pull it back an hour. Um, okay, so this is like when she was shot, like early like the first time when she mm -hmm. in the hospital. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was the first first time before they like kind of brought her, or this would have been like right around. Um, so she was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Mm -hmm. An hour prior, so like they had rushed mm -hmm. her from the scene to there. Like people were on the scene pretty quickly. So this was around yeah. when she would have been the first time. Would have been, yeah. Um, takes a second to bleed. So yeah, I think yeah. Uh, it was right, right time. Around then, um, we see a square from the ascendant to the Chiron conjunct palace conjunct death chart sun placement. So it's like a. And, and this is all in, happening in Aries, having this Aries energy behind it, it really brings um, mm. that quick fire, um, like literally like quick fire. I, we say Aries energy is like gunshot, like mm -hmm. power. Like Especially this seems like, like a short range shot. It's, if it was like a sniper, like maybe more Sagittarius. Oh, <laughs> but like, um, oh my gosh. You know I what I mean? Like this is like direct. Mm -hmm. like that. But I love that description a whole lot. <laughs> Good. And then how would you classify Leo if Sagittarius is like, like an a explosion? Maybe, okay. Yeah, like a like a bomb. Like a or like a little bit more like um a little so not long range but not short range like maybe like I'm gonna really show off with my gun and get you under a trick shot. Maybe, I don't know. Get <laughs> it's like a quick draw in the like, street, like a saloon. No. Yeah, like a cross. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's, it's the drama of it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a turn and draw. Yeah, I like that. I okay, yeah, that's how we're doing it. Okay. <laughs> I, I love like doing all three. I, I, I have to. It's like something showy. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That. And egoy. Yeah. Um, the competitiveness makes it feel a little Aries, but anyways. 
Something like Russian roulette, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Is that more? I like that. I like that for Leo, yeah. Okay, okay so. This is important. <laughs> um, some real showmanship to that, that yes. shot. Um, we also, let's see. The Midheaven was also in Aries at the time, which is also, uh, and it was there for both death times. Mm. Um, so again, making it like known for that Aries energy at that moment. Uh, and that would have been changing by the minute, so that's very cool. Um, or shifting by the minute, not changing signs by the minute, but you know. Um, let's move over to Yolanda against the death chart. Just a bit moving, and yeah, we got a lot of charts. I even pulled an astrocartography chart, so I want to look, what does that mention even that. Mean? I will tell you in a moment. <laughs> These are words I've never heard before. Really? I'm not a French. Can you say it one more time? Astrocartography. <laughs> astrocartography. Cartography, and Maps. it's not like Maps. a car that Maps. does photography. No. Okay. Mapping. <laughs> okay. So a map of cars. Sorry. We have yes, we have um okay, make me try I have this right. I don't know which is the inner and the outer chart. Alright, so Yolanda's sun and moon, yeah, conjunct uh, and her north node and Pluto conjunct. Um and this is all in you oh wait. I'm gonna make sure I don't flip this. Okay. All this in Virgo with the Chiron and Solus transit, really making it where she's super duper triggered and trigger <laughs> literally um, oh, and uh, wow. extra, this is very extra energy. Uh, Solus is like, we're really gonna beat this dead horse. We're really gonna fill this energy as hard as we can right now. Um, wow. So really fulfilling her life path out of trauma, out of her, her like own issues. Um, we've got North Node was over her uh, Neptune in Scorpio, so really she's really feeling called to fulfill her obsessions and her fantasies and her deceptions, yeah. um, her secrets, you know, um, also probably sexuality. I almost wonder if, like, if she was attracted to Selena, if, like, she came on to her around this time. I mean, honestly, who isn't attracted to Selena? She's <laughs> so beautiful. Um, so who could blame her, you know? <laughs> Ugh, she um, is fucking terrible and did horrible things. So. March 1990. Yeah. Um, ugh. I really like... Man, I've got Olus and Chiron in this place. And then Virgo. Um, Are we looking at the actual death time? We really get where the shooting. Like that. Ooh, before. yeah. Shooting, I mean, it's still in the same place. It's still in the same, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, but the ascendant of the shooting is right on her Lilith uh, again with like emotional manipulation uh, and they had that they had a lot of Lilith stuff going on and we kind of saw that with like Gypsy Rose and her mom too yeah um so a lot of this like um influencing and lying and um mm -hmm. very yeah and like I'm gonna empower myself now and I'm gonna empower myself now man yeah um, there was a lot of that uh, we see Vesta over, coming over Yolanda's Mars, where she's really feeling devoted to taking action and acting on her. Uh, when she, if she's going to be angry, she's going to more likely to act on that during this time. Um, this is also where I'll look, transit Lilith 
and palettes, making hard decisions and empowerment and um, kind of manipulating situations into your favor. We're also in Gemini where her Mars is. Um, so we see her more encouraged to take action on those things. We see um, the... Saturn was over her south node at the time, which could be a really stressful time. Um, not that I'm trying to be sympathetic, but, and this would have been a long-standing uh, aspect for yeah. her, so this would have been, like, also, is it would have been some lead-up to this feeling, and there also was, like, you know, with the trial and all of this stuff, and so yeah. there's probably this this energy was a big part of like her and, and Selena's life had like um Quinn counseling each other and um crossing negatively and her really having a life structure change because of that um, yeah and like the stress she was feeling was just like because she had been caught mm -hmm. it's like they caught me embezzling the money they're confronting me now mm -hmm. I've got to fucking come up with something. So she's stressing mm -hmm. out trying to figure out how she's going to cover her tracks, how mm -hmm. she's going to solve her problem. Mm -hmm. So she's like in desperate energy at, at this point because she knows if she doesn't come up with this, she's going to go to jail. She doesn't want to go to jail. So she does something else that makes sure she goes to jail. It's just like her plan was very stupid, but it was also, you can tell it was formed in a place of desperation and panic no forethought really with like mm -hmm. how it's going to end for me because yeah. if your whole goal is to avoid prison i'm pretty sure shooting a celebrity mm -hmm. and people seeing you do it in a mm -hmm. public space is not mm -hmm. um gonna work out for you like it just right. it's a panic plan it's it a, a lot of yeah yeah definitely but it's stressful it was, she was stressed out yeah, which is why she did it but stressed because of something she did mm -hmm. especially you know um Venus was conjunct her Chiron at the time, so there's more themes of that. And yeah. um, mm -hmm. she's stressed and triggered and a mess and making all the worst choices uh, she can make. Yeah. <laughs> so um, looking at some house stuff with the transit. Um. You know what? The other thing we may want to look at is she did it after this entire, after the initial shooting, mm -hmm. there was a nine hour standoff where she sat in a truck with a gun to her. So nine hours from now, what was going on when she surrendered? Maybe hey. we see something else there yeah, because she's literally sitting there causing a scene, threatening to kill herself, like mm -hmm. after just doing all this. So she's still making a whole mm -hmm. production of it and still like victim, victim, victim. Like I'm the victim here. Yeah. It's, ah, uh, just hate everything. Oh, her. also Jupiter was going over her Juno, which is again, like really expanding and stuff happening with her opportunities, with her sense of commitment. <laughs> very committed. She's very Lena. committed. Yeah. And then Transit Juno was coming over her Saturn and Destin Palace in Capricorn. Um, oh, I just... Yeah. This is very frustrating energy. Uh, so nine hours later, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, what do we see here? We see the Ascendant <laughs> has moved to Scorpio and... Um, <laughs> and... Uh, 
heard Neptune and North Node, so what she was being called to, like I was saying earlier. Um, so during the end of the standoff, this was where it was really coming over, um, and she was into Scorpio. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this is time now. <laughs> time for this to be done. Um, so during that whole time, we see the horizon moving, and sometimes people will say, like, wherever the horizon is, is what's coming up, you know, on... Literally on the, on the horizon. On the minute. This is what, yeah, exactly. Uh, where like there's one astrologer that I um, follow uh, here and there, and he uh, talked about how he had friends over one night, and they were... They were just chatting and they were all, and he looked over the astrology later and he realized like the way it timed out with their conversation, whatever they, whatever was up on the horizon was like kind of the theme of what came up in conversation. Oh, uh, that's cool. So it was very, it's very cool. That's to, like, so cool. Look into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so as the horizon comes up, it's like, and you see that with like your ascendant. So like, uh, it shows your, what the ascendant is at, the, at each moment. So like. Um, that's the energy coming in, and it's like what you're facing at that moment. It's very cool. So, um, while Selena was, you know, in the hospital, facing, <laughs> dying, uh, for the second time and having all this going on, um, Yolanda was, if we go back, um, so she sees her like we see her doing the shot when it was over her Lilith Mm -hmm. and then as we move over we see it going over her Leo where she's like probably like ah I mean it's it's very like I feel like that was probably the window of time where people were really realizing beginning to know what was going on this was up until like um 3 30 people um, started to gather around yeah like, this was really probably her oh. like people knowing and people like oh my god like it was a show and it makes me wonder if while she's in the car she knew selena had died because she was in the truck for like hours nine hours like i don't know if the, i feel like it wouldn't be helpful for police to be like hey you murdered her actually like mm-hmm. there, she may have still had like this glimmer of hope that maybe selena had survived and that she wouldn't be in as much trouble like I feel like then telling her as Selena had died would only increase the likelihood of her committing suicide. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like maybe she didn't know that until after she had apprehended that she was being charged with murder. And Uranus here, her natal Uranus is here. Um, also, transit Mars and Sarah's are here, so it's like probably like, oh, really? You know what? She cares about Selena, and then like feeling like standing like her like figuring out something with like something she actually did that would have been a big focus and then uranus they me kind of like um eccentric standalone uh isolated energy you know electric energy and it's very like i could see like i'm gonna do it kind of like <laughs> coming through too. as the horizon moves over there but um and then it moves into her, over her Pluto, which is again more intense energy, like death-oriented energy. Um, and over her Moon, going over her feelings, and this is where Chiron and Pholus and her North Node are. Um, around like getting put more into like five o'clock that day, um, and then as it gets to be six o'clock, it moves into Libra. Um, so we have more things of like, oh, we were partners, she was my sister, oh. she was, uh, 
like somehow, you know. Um, and Mercury goes over her Mercury, like what was I thinking? I cared about her, goes over her Venus. Um, Man, she really went through then, a whole thing. And then thing it would be entering Scorpio, like I said, at the end. So um, you see it kind of going over those themes. And then I guess that she gave it up, and then she was arrested, I take it. Yeah. Uh, that was all during a Senate in Scorpio. Um, and then, like, um, the Senate would have been, like, in, like, Sagittarius not long after that. Like, that late that night. Like, her first night at being... Right? What a day. She starts um, the day. And this has squares to her, like, sun and moon and things like that. So it, you can see, like, all oh, there's conflicting energy there so it's kind of interesting um is there anything else on the death chart with her um i wish we had a birth time for yolanda so we could really like look at details i would love to see more on her chart it's just so interesting to think about how she started that day and how she ended that day by noon she committed murder that morning she was you know going to a hospital getting an examination for physical and sexual assault, and then by the end of the day, she's holding a gun to her head, and then she's going to jail. Like, that is one fucking hell of a fucking day. Yeah. It's crazy when you think of everything that happened in such a short span of time. Like, And then wow. something I thought was interesting is how all these events in her life seem to take place in um, a very localized area. Yeah, like, where like usually kind of like shift and I kind of want to go back and look at some of other people who've had uh, we've covered um and how like their after photography looks uh because like they some of those people didn't really move far away like wasn't what's his name he like moved into his mom's house after she died oh okay so um, Kemper, well he moved yeah. across the country yeah. oh no no you're talking about Ed Gein. Uh, yeah because yeah. Ed Kemper moved across the country Ed Gein mm-hmm. never left that family yeah. farm stayed home and I'd be curious to see that he already lived with mommy because mm-hmm. you know when she you died, go... he like preserved her mm-hmm. and did a bunch of weird shit. Uh, season one, episode eight. Yes, season one, episode so eight. When you um, when you go different places, you can see you can feel the energies of different places, but you can also feel how they affect you in your chart. So this really lays out your chart over like a, a map, a world map. Okay. Um, and so I mean, just to put it very basic. Yeah. Uh, so when I look at her astrophotography chart, for her, the area that she, you know, was born and, like, grew up and died in, um, it's all within the line of, don't, 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 there's a lot going on, don't, don't touch that. (laughs) Uh, her Mars, based off the, um, I don't know how to phrase all of this exactly, but, um, it's between her ascendant Mars line and her ascendant Venus line, um, bringing in the energy uh, where she's bringing, she's showing up with this really passionate, loving energy. Um, just very basic. I'm not trying to like cover this intensely, but with her being in that area, it enforces her being like really motivated and, and stuff like that, and people like really caring about her and her being caring. Um, and then it's between also between her. Um, the, let's see, I see Saturn and MC Neptune. Um, so her home life being more structured again in this area, if she, when she was in this area, 
um, and her aspirations being like, you know, her becoming known for like her dreams and creativity and things like that. So like that was a good area for her, I feel like, to be successful in, which I thought was interesting because she was there like her whole yeah. life. And her boutiques ended up being in those two places mm-hmm. as well. So it's like she's like, I'll start your business with you. In place. these two places. <laughs> like, it's very much hometown oh kind of girl. Like, hometown mm-hmm. vibes, girl next like, door. It's a good energy for her and her chart, really. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's very interesting where she had been, like, born. Um, let's see, I can look at, like, if she had born, been born anywhere else, what her ascendant in MC would have been. Interesting. Give me a random place. And that would be the last uh, thing we do. Like anywhere in the world. I don't know, France. <laughs> Just same word. I don't know, France. Um, Paris. And she was born in Paris at the same moment in time. Um, hey, don't, don't fuck up now, come on. <laughs> if she had let us born, speculate about Paris. Come on. Oh, okay. my not let us speculate. She's like, I was not born in Paris. How dare you? Oh my gosh. I, I was I literally been looking at everywhere else, and now when I'm trying to. It doesn't okay. allow. If she had been born in Paris at that same moment, she'd have a cancer ascendant with a Pisces in heaven. Interesting. So, like, she uh, would have been. Um, her first house would have been entirely different. Obviously, she would have had. Um, Come on, pull up her chart, please. This is just to play with, but um, she would have maybe had her south node in her first house. It's like it's Ooh, that sounds really sucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds challenging. And Way different than the north node. Yeah. Uh, also, she would have had that like moon face going on, and very like less of a unique energy like she did. Yeah. Less groundbreaking. We need her to have that Aquarius rising because it really suits. She would have been more here. She her her karmic lesson would have been more about like less about being herself and individualistic amongst the crowd and more about her like uh, being nurturing and caring. Yeah. Feeling her feelings. So, have any other that's, that's all that's all i got we, okay. we went over a lot of things i feel like we went over a lot in this episode that's how we want to go out for a finale though right so this completes season two again we have huge things coming for season three so all big announcements are going to happen um, to patreon first then on social media so get on our patreon we would love to have you on there again like like i mentioned at the beginning where you would get grandfathered in to no minimum right now. That's going to change the time. very soon. I feel like we should change it for season three. Give them like. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're coming out with a whole bunch of. Um, we're, we're like rebranding. We're going to. It's going to be a big shift. Yes, we are completely. Awesome shift for us moving into season three. So get on board now. We've got big things coming for this podcast. Um, and then you can also support us entirely for free by following us, by liking mm-hmm. the show. If you enjoyed everything that you heard, Please rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars, say something on there, tell us your rising sign, tell us your Venus sign, tell us your favorite placement, um, tell us your favorite killer, make suggestions of who you want to hear, whatever you say, 
Um, it just really, really helps boost the podcast up in the algorithm. It helps people find us easier. Um, really, really helps the show, and that does not cost you anything but like five seconds of your time. Um, <laughs> and we do fun things on all the all our platforms. You can check us out on TikTok, um, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Instagram. Twitter. We have a Twitter. We don't do much on there, but we could. We're trying to like it's a lot of platforms. We're trying to do a lot of things in a lot of places, um, but. Thank you guys so much, as always, for Thank you. being here, for supporting us, uh, for being part of the show, and uh, continue to love yourselves and chart all the bitches in your life. <laughs> we'll see you next time on season three. <laughs> season three, upcoming next. Upcoming up later. Next. Thank you. Bye. Bye.